son of a bitch. Do I, okay, hold on. This is is this better? That is, is better. That is better. Okay. What if does this sound better? Uh, distorted but loud. Oh uh, wow. Was that how loud? No, very very distorted. Okay, got it. I gotta stop sucking dick. Okay. Um. Yeah, it's it's it sounded like you were sucking the mic off. Oh, I, I actually, I literally was. I literally was. <laughs> if this were a video podcast, that would have been a very good, good visual gag. But um, again, <laughs> I'm never doing video until no. passive pays bills. No. no. And, and even then, I might consider, I might have to put a number on it. Yeah, that, that would be like, a, that, that would be a giant tier to, to get that one, to get that one going. Jesus Christ. Anyways, Patreon. That, no, I'm joking. There's no Patreon. Just, it's going to pour We, we, we haven't even, oh, oh, we're recording right now. I didn't even realize. Hi. Yeah, Hello. The, <laughs> Welcome to Passive Pixels. Yeah, you know what? Actually, you said the intro now. I'm not going to worry about it then. (laughs) Look, look, look. At this point, if we... Okay, look. It's not... I would stop if I was annoyed by this show. But it still is very fun to pretend like I'm annoyed by it. You you know what I mean? So, like, if I just, just... If we just start it rolling the entire time, fuck it. The sooner we start, the quicker we get into it, right? Yeah. No, I, I I agree. I just I didn't realize we were recording, and I looked over and I saw the red flashing light. I'm like, oh shit, we're going because I was gonna say like, why are you talking so much about the Patreon? Because like we, we were not even recording, but then we were recording. So yeah, Patreon.com/slash Passive Pixels. Click it; it won't exist, and uh, donate some money. <laughs> it, it does not exist. Just send the money directly to me, and I can assure you, none of it is gonna get to Dorian over here. Like zero, none of it. Yeah, absolutely no, not. I, I'm just, I, I, as a, as a Canadian citizen, I'm not allowed to accept American uh, uh, bribe money. So yeah. no, no, no. It actually, what will literally happen is that I might actually charge Dorian more just to to ship stuff out to him if you guys pay me. Like that, that's no, going to be a tier as well. Well, no, one of the tiers actually is going to be the five dollar a month tier that I have to pay to keep being on the show. So <laughs> if there's a high enough tier, uh, it'll be to kick you off of the show. <laughs> I'll donate to it. <laughs> All right, list. Um, Puss in Boots, The Last Wish, Bloodborne. Oh God, yeah, Bloodborne. I'll, I'll get back to you. I swear. After Sun, End of Evangelion. Gee, oh my God, dude. This I honestly feel like between the tendies to this episode, it feels like it's the longest break we've taken. Just, just probably since break. I took that it, month it, off. It, it was long, yeah. Uh, that '90s show, Golf with Your Friends, Majora's Mask, that '70s show. Drive, High Fire Rush, Skyward Sword, and Tar. Dorian, what's your list? All right, we've got uh, the Nonary Games, Virtue's Last Reward, Castlevania, Sympathy of the Night, Final Fantasy VII Crisis Core Reunion, Final Fantasy VII 1997, Dead Space 2023, The Last of Us, the TV series, The Third Man, (laughs) The Lady Vanishes, A Man Called Otto, Missing, Scream, Scream 2, Scream 3, Scream 4, Scream 2022, Schindler's List, Infinity Pool, Tar, and Odd Taxi. I'm I want to give you the ball right now because I yeah, don't know I, I, what I, you want to do there. Like, do you yeah, just want to get that out of the way? Are we actually well, gonna are we do am I getting out my, my lawyer degree again? Well, weeb trial is tradition, right? So of course, I, I, feel, okay. I feel like I feel like we do have to start with weeb trial. All right. And- okay. Hold on. Hold on. All right. <laughs> hold on. Look, no, no, you don't understand. Okay. The courts have the court system has gotten a lot worse since you uh, since you've been gone. Okay. So what you guys don't understand is that. All right. Come on. 
Okay, what I'm saying is that the courts have gotten a lot less unfair. So go ahead. T- tell tell us how you feel about this, okay? And I can tell you right now that um it might not go so good for you. All right. Well, let me let me start. I want to say a little preamble at the start here. All right. Um, first of all, I have very good representation, as you know. Uh, Mr. Saul Goodman actually represents me uh, in all my personal Shit. matters. Well, hold on, let me finish. Let me finish. He usually he usually represents me in all my personal matters. Um, I have dismissed Mr. Goodman. Oh my he, god. He he is not representing me. Um, Your Honor, I am pleading guilty. I am not trying to defend myself oh. here. I am gladly going to accept my execution. Oh. Uh, that that is it. This is this is the end. And before I go, I would like to explain my atrocities, not defend uh, them, not defend them. We got to No, no, okay, we can't. Okay, no, no. But if, if that's not going to happen, it's just. <laughs> I'd like to explain my atrocities, and. I want to make something very clear. I'm not going to try convince anyone that this isn't weeb. I'm not going to try convince anyone that this is something that you should watch. Uh, I'm just explaining why I, why I had the experience I had with this show. So let me give you a little bit. Of that. Yes, I'm at the bench. Here we go. Okay. Okay. Um, Odd Taxi is an animated series, an anime uh, in Japan. It was released in 20, I think it was 2021. Around there, twenty yeah, twenty twenty one. It last. It's it's done. It's done now. It lasted thirteen episodes. It was April 6, twenty twenty one till June 29th, twenty twenty one. Um, look, I was bored one night and I was on the Weebs of the Corn, or it's not Weebs of the Corn anymore. It's uh fucking backlog brainwalk Discord, I guess. Mm-hmm. I should start calling it that. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. So I was on that Discord with a bunch of Weebs, and once again they were having the conversation of who, hey, which anime would fucking ed and addy like or i i think you were mentioned then i butted my head in there and they started talking about me um which i always find that conversation funny and it, it was connor that's like you know it's funny there's one i know he would like but he would never give it a chance because the second he googled it he'd say no because it looks like furry shit on top of anime shit jesus and i Google christ let, let, me, let me finish my conversation please I, I, i'm guilty i'm guilty i admit it Look, I'm already here just telling the firing squad to choose whatever ammo type they want at this point, okay? So just continue. Just fill up the time they need to figure out which box they want to grab. So I Google them, and the first thing I see is this giant animated walrus. And I'm like, oh, my God. Like, are you fucking kidding me, Connor? Like, yeah, this is the most furry shit I've ever seen. Okay, hold on. Is it a sexy walrus? I mean, I I think all walruses are sexy, to be fair. Okay, okay, fair point. But I mean, like, okay, no, actually, I'm going to look this up because what's it called? Google Odd Taxi. Yeah, Google Odd Taxi. Should be the first thing you see is that fucking walrus's face. Okay, we are incognito correct. right now. Okay, yeah, you should um, see, you should see a walrus face with the odd taxi text if you Google it properly. Okay, you see, I was really thinking that. Okay, if you tell me there's an anime about a walrus, you would make me think that it would just like they would try to sexify a walrus because for Japan sure. knows no like just they know for no sure. taste. No, for sure, I, I think walruses are just sexy in general. Beautiful animal. Anyways, so. I, I look. I Google that and I'm like, yeah, fuck off, Connor. I'm not watching that. And then he's like, but then he he posted this like giant list of like everything that I hate about most animes, like sexualizing, like all the all the fucking tropes I hate. And he's like, literally, Odd Taxi has like none of these. So I was like, all right, you know, what? I'm gonna watch a fucking episode. Why not? I'm bored. Thirteen episodes. I blew it through it pretty quick. I mean, I, I like it. It's good. Um, it's here's the thing with it. It's very. It, it's 
different from most other animes I've seen in the sense that a it's self-contained story. It's 13 episodes. They're not doing any more. They don't care to do more. It's done after this. That's it. It's over, which I appreciate. They're not trying to, it doesn't feel like, like, I mean, the anime didn't do well. Like everybody who's seen it seems to really, (laughs) really, really like it, but it's not like super popular amongst the weebs, which I appreciate because that, that makes me feel a little bit better at least. Um, and there's just something, the way they tell the story is very similar in some, it's, it, to me, this show is like, if you took Bojack Horseman and you made it a murder mystery and that's really what the oh, show is. God. It's about a, dep- it's about an What is it dep- about the Japanese and murder mysteries that get you? <laughs> I just love the murder mysteries. I do. Uh, but, th- but it's not just Japanese. It's murder mysteries in general. Like I like the Knives Out movies. I've always appreciated that genre. So I love okay. mysteries. I'm going to pause you for a second because sure. you are all saying this and there's one word in my, not even word. I guess once one idea that keeps floating in my mind that I keep thinking murder mysteries got you to to sin like this. And I'm over here thinking if there was ever an anime that I'd go out of my way to watch, it would probably be initial D because, you know, what is my simping object that's in that? Cars. What's that? Yeah. Yeah, that, that's Ooh. fair. Ooh. Yeah, everyone's everyone's got something that they fucking simp for, right? Eh? So, yeah. I mean, if it's if it's done well, I've never even heard of that one, but I don't like cars, so I, yeah. I wouldn't. I've heard that it's so fucking nerdy about cars. Hold on, hold on. I'm actually, I'm going to find a meme because it is one of the funniest things that's related to it, where you might not know that that is initial D, but when you see it, you're like, oh, that's where that meme is from? But continue, continue. I will keep looking this up. Yeah, keep, keep looking and I'll keep going. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, so basically it's, it's like, but what I just like it because one of the reasons I like BoJack Horseman so much is it's about like, it's just his fucking depressing ass life um, and him shl- schlumming around being fucking depressed and kind of getting through and uh, making a bunch of bad decisions. And that's kind of what Odd Taxi is with the fucking murder mystery attached to it. Um, what stunned me the most about this show though was so, and it's not exactly like, I don't want to say it's a TV trope or something like that, but I'm a big fan. And it's funny about this. Cause it was just, this literally just happened to yesterday on the last of us episode. I'm a big fan when TV shows kind of do a self-contained episode where it's kind of a side character or a character you haven't seen before, or they're just kind of in the background, but you haven't talked to them a lot. And they dedicate an entire episode to that person and kind of show you where they're going to be in the bigger picture and kind of explain their origin, that sort of thing. Um, I don't know if there's an, yeah, yeah, exactly. And I, and they did it in this fucking anime and I was shocked. I was like, character development. What? Excuse me. You're explaining like what this is, like what this character has to do with the story. And they give him this really cool fucking backstory. That's unique to Japan, uh, basically about how he gets fucking addicted and his life gets ruined because of these stupid fucking gotcha games. And I'm like, oh, what? Yeah, like literally his entire backstory oh. is him get, having a fucking gacha game addiction to the point where he gets fucking suicidal and wants to fucking kill people. <laughs> like, okay. Oh, that is so okay. That is so fucking Japanese. Oh, it's what very ja- it's very Japanese, but it's it's it I just didn't expect them to be shitting on it, the idea of it. So it's it's very it, it's just it 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 was not what I expected and I liked it. Now don't get me wrong, 
this show, I'm not, I, it wouldn't be in my fucking top 20 TV shows of all time list. I'm not saying that. I don't love it. I'm not in love with it. It was just good. It was just thoroughly enjoyable. And the ending, one of my, I, I mean, one of my biggest complaints about the entire show, what it's fucking spoilers. Like, I know you don't care, but I don't want to spoil everyone in the audience. Um, I, Jesus Christ. I, Okay, I, you know what? I'm just I'm gonna spoil. I'm gonna spoil. I'm gonna go into spoilers in a second. But we'll no, no, we'll, no, no. It's not about you. It's about the fact that apparently you like the anime enough to respect it. And well, it's not. It's it. yeah. I, I mean, I like it. I, and I and it, it's such a big deal to the plot of the story that I wouldn't want to spoil it. I, wow. Yeah, I know. I know. I know. It's it's weird. So anyways, um, if you have any more generalizations to say, say it. Otherwise, I'm going to go into spoilers because I, I want to mention this. I just look, man, I thought that I was going to let the firing squad handle it. But like, nah, man, <laughs> they're going to need another person on the line for this one. I can't. I'm sorry. Continue. But like, oh, right. boy, we, we getting prepared over here. All right. So three, two, one the animals are all actually people so what i really appreciate about this is so one of my biggest complaints about this show and why i like bojack horseman again so much is with bojack horseman it never feels like furry bait or anything like that because they're just using the fact that they're animals as kind of like a comedic gag and it makes it funny and there's just it, it tells it's able to tell the story in a unique way, which I appreciated. One of my complaints about Odd Taxi, funny enough, was like, you know, there's no reason these fuckers need to be animals. Like, I'm like, I understand, like the art style's nice, it's cool, but this really like I don't want to say it's furry bay, but like there's no reason it's for anime. these people Come to on. be there's you can say it. <laughs> There's no people for these people to be animals. Like, I just don't understand. Like, they could have basically, they could have done more with it. Like, they, they, they have these really cool designs for a lot of them. And I'm like, they're not using, they're not making jokes about it. They're not really using it at all to their advantage. Turns out at the very end of the story, the the, the, the main character, the guy's the walrus, the taxi driver himself, he's just fucked up in the head, like completely fucked in the head from like an accident, an earlier trauma. And everybody made fun of him as a kid because he looked like a fucking walrus. Mm-hmm. And he just sees people as animals. And the entire time we've been seeing these people from his perspective. And you slowly over the final episode, it kind of sheds the image and you start seeing people as humans. And it's really fucking cool. And I'm like, wow, that's actually interesting like the fact that you made that have some payoff really good long-term storytelling over 13 episodes anyways um so yeah it was good it was enjoyable it was fun it was a murder mystery there was lots of things i liked about it um i mean there's still some things that aren't perfect with it but as far as like the usual tropes that piss me off with anime it was pretty low um to none and the intro slapped hard. The, 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 uh, the, I hate the fucking how animes always have, they'll have the intro, then they have their extra music, they add the exit music, and they always do that stupid little thing in the middle of it that signifies the halfway point of the episode. I don't understand why they do that. Um, the, the exit, the, the exit music is probably the most weeb anime bullshit song I've ever heard in my life. I hate it. So I just skip that every time. But the intro music slaps hard. It's like this kind of weird, kind of Japanese rap vibe music that I really liked. It was good. Um, so yeah, I, there was just, I enjoyed it that I'm guilty. So yeah, I'm guilty of sin. Uh, I'm not going to actively seek out any more anime. Cause even Connor himself told me there's really nothing like this, um, in terms of other anime he could suggest. 
And the only other one he would recommend is like fucking way too many episodes. And I was like, yeah, no, that's never going to fucking happen. Um, okay. You know what? That's yeah, part- this intro. So, yeah. But yeah. yeah. So that's it. That, that's all I have to say. I am guilty, though. Uh, I gladly accept my uh, execution. There is no defense for my behaviors and my crimes against humanity. But uh, that's it. All right, here's what I'm going to tell you, okay? You know why you can condemn uh, just Japan for furry bait? Uh, that link that I just sent you, B-Stars. I don't know what this is. It actually kind of makes me oh sad I know it. Every single yeah. time that I recognize something anime, it's like, God damn it, I still know some of this, okay? But as time goes on, I'm slowly losing all of my knowledge about the new shit. Thank God. I just, even just periphery knowledge is like, I don't want this in my brain. But what that I will meme say is good, is by that the way. Hmm? <laughs> that meme is good i have seen that <laughs> oh yeah yeah no that okay so of course people the meme that i am talking about right i looked up initial d king of the hill and someone photoshopped king uh mr <laughs> photoshopped mr king hill uh they photoshopped hank hill in his truck drifting along a bend in japan and the meme says now bobby i don't condone street racing but that darn fujikawa kid needs to be taught a lesson you hear so um, it's a great meme, and I think only after this meme did I learn, oh, that's from Initial D. But yeah, Initial D, super fucking nerdy about cars. If there's any anime that I'd ever watch of my own volition and not being paid, it'll be that one. And to be fair, I don't really remember which friend uh, told me that I had to watch Full Metal Alchemist, so if I can just delay that until like I'm 60, I might. Um, anyways... Dorian, it was a good, uh, let's just say 48 episodes because I don't really want to go back and count. It's been a good 48 episodes <laughs> of you being on the show. Are, are there any final words that you'd like to s- let the audience know before I end up hosting the rest of the show with your corpse? Uh, no, I regret. Well, I, I was going to say regret nothing, but that'd be a fucking <laughs> lie. I regret everything. Uh, no, just, uh, you know, um, uh, no, just kill me. All right. Um, Am I actually going to go through the trouble to find gunshot sounds and put them here? No. So I'm just going to put a bullet in my wall. Give me a second, everybody. No, no, I'm not. not, I'd have to be a lot more richer to do that. That would actually be fucking hilarious. That would be funny. (laughs) Gag, but definitely not worth the cost. Oh, yeah. No, no, no. I, I, I would shoot my left monitor just so I could have an excuse to finally buy that uh, PlayStation TV that they released during the PS3 and use that as a monitor. Good old PS TV. I'm surprised you don't own one. I, I've looked at it. I've looked at it and I keep thinking about it. Like, it looks kind of cool, but like, I'm set with my three monitors. I'm not really going to use a third of a fourth. Mo- no, sorry. I'm not going to use a fifth monitor because technically my PC is connected to my theater room TV. So that is the fourth monitor whenever I want to cast things over. So, like, I can't have five monitors being driven from this PC. So, But you could record the show in 3D. I could record the show. Imagine 3D audio. We'd have to license it out from Jim Ryan himself. That's stellar. All right. Well, that's all I have I'm to judging say you out of 10. Yeah. I, um, I mean, score-wise, normally score TV series would be like a 7.5 out of 10. That, that's in anime terms that's like a 15 out of 10 oh yeah that, that's why i'm talking so highly on it because it's so incredible for anything i've seen from an anime so yeah. all right now th- we're gonna do this really early you count up how many you have i have one. uh one two three four five six seven eight nine ten eleven twelve thirteen fourteen fifteen sixteen eighteen i have a bit more screen Okay, so actually, well, let me bang through Scream then, because that's 17, yeah. 16, 15, 14. That, that, yeah, that like, almost evens this up. 
So yeah, mm-hmm. let's let's do Scream. So I, yeah, I saw the trailer for the new Scream movie, and I was like, hey, you know what? I've only ever seen the first Scream, so let's watch these movies, and I'll rewatch the first one, mm-hmm. and we'll go through them all. And we'll see how they are. So we started with Scream, 1996 by Wes Craven. This is a rewatch. Haven't seen it in ages, though. Uh, great, great fucking movie. Just a classic slasher movie. Uh, it's perfect It's in, in, in what it's trying to do, how, it gets me- how meta it gets. It's just Wes Craven being very smart and ahead of its time, as usual. Uh, great cast. David Arquette, Nev Campbell, Courtney Cox, uh, Skeet Ulrich. So many great people in this um, in this one. And yeah, it's just a really, really uh, well-made a movie for the time. It, it's perfect. For, it's a great time capsule movie. It gives you a great idea of the nineties in general and uh, kind of what they were going for with this movie. But uh, yeah, big fan of this movie. It, it's great. Second time watching it. So lots of praise to keep on it. Thank you for finding me that uh, steel buck. I already printed that off of Amazon America. Glad they're reprinting oh, yeah, it they do that. and uh, I can get the 4k copy. So very happy about that. Yeah, yeah. Great. Great. I mean, scream it's, it's scream. It's classic. That steel book that actually is a really nice steel book, but it yeah, also was really nice rare. So yeah, I'm glad. I'm glad that you actually got awesome. a yeah, you got an actual good reprint. Yeah, that never yeah. happens. No, it's usually just the shitty Sony ones. Mm-hmm. Uh, Scream. Hey, that there's a good movie. I I love. The, here's the thing. I you know I'm not a huge fan of horror. I mean, you are way more. Okay. Uh, I know people hate the term elevated horror, but if most horror wasn't shit, you know, we wouldn't need the term. Um, So I enjoy Scream because I enjoy that it's very self-aware of making fun of itself while being still a good slasher movie. I don't know if there's anything else I can say because I don't really think about scream outside of oh yeah i should go watch the rest of the series i totally told myself i was going to do that in october but uh like many of my plans they don't happen uh so yeah scream hey that there's a good movie you what's your favorite scary movie out of 10 uh i'll watch the others at some point that, that's all you really need to say about all of this Perfect. all right i'll just keep banging through them uh it's an eight out of ten for me the first scream or uh, four out of five i should say uh next one scream two sequel uh really good sequel just smart well made uh leans into the fact that it's a sequel again some good meta shit brings back most of the cast or the important ones has a good story uh, has a good end reveal i mean it's not quite as iconic as the first one as it's top because the first one's you know the first one doing it very good but as far as sequels go really solid movie so definitely enjoyed it um if i'll i'll rank all the screen movies after but this was my second favorite uh i just it's, it's just as far as horse sequel goes it's about as good as you can expect from something like that without actually surpassing the original uh they just did a good job so very great very good movie uh if a small step down from the first one so it's a 3.5 out of 5 for me for the second one there is uh, actually one thing I will say now that it comes sure. to mind, considering that Scream has the meta-ness at its heart, I feel like Scream 2 will bang just because there feels like there has to be a lot of material for, ooh, we had a good horror movie and now we have to have a sequel because of all the money. Like It feels like there is so much good content there that it's like, oh yeah, that's perfect. While if you try to cap it to, well, I mean, you're going to talk about it with Scream 3. I feel like Scream 3 is obviously having a hard, would have a harder time with more of meta shit considering that, you know, Halloween has like 17 movies, Freddy Krueger has like 40 billion, and then Jason currently is still making five movies every hour, so like I don't really understand. (laughs) Shut the fuck up! Shut up! Shut up! Shut up! That's you, Max. Shut up! Um, (laughs) 
Buffo, it's okay. Okay, look, I don't really, you have to understand, I don't really care about horror, so I'm going to pick on it. Uh, so yeah, uh, Scream 3, I can understand if it would end up being weaker because there might not be enough material for, oh, the trilogy, blah, 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 blah. Continue. That's all I need to say. Yeah, and, and you're absolutely correct because Scream 3 is the worst <laughs> out of all these movies. Um, it's just, honestly, it's just boring, which I think is the, the biggest sin against it. It's just boring. Um, the, the idea at the start is very solid. It's a really good opening, but everything after is just boring. It, the, 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 the plot feels feels like I, I just heard recently it was like rewritten at the last minute and like they had to change some things and that's partially why it sucks but i guess it's a different writer too but yeah they just they didn't do a good job with it um good idea but they they, they try to make it like i mean it, it screams always meta so that's kind of fun but they make this one really meta where they have like they have like actors playing like actors from the first movie mixed in there and it just gets Oh, yeah, the Stab series. Yeah, the Stab series. They really start going into that in this one, and it just doesn't work. The end reveal is not really that good either. So it's a little stupid even for poor movie standards. So um, it's not like the worst piece of crap I've ever seen, but definitely wouldn't rewatch it again. So that one's like a 2.5 out of 5. Shout out to every movie having like a big reveal for their killer and then realizing, oh, shit, do we have to do that for every single movie? Oh, no. (laughs) Yeah, it does. It's an interesting uh it's interesting the way they do it and they do start having some fun with it, especially with scream four, uh, scream four is actually great. It bangs hard. It's right back up there. Um, I think I prefer two, but I don't, I'm not surprised at anyone who would prefer four because four is very creative. It's funny. Uh, it's 10 years later. So there was a bit of a gap. They can bring in some new characters and have some more fun with it. Um, and they just do a really good job at like kind of poking fun at itself. So they kind of get back to get back to what made it funny. Um, the script's really solid. The end reveal is fantastic. Uh, and it's just, it bangs. It's, it's just fun. So, 3.5 out of 5 for that one. And then finally, the Scream reboot, which was just recently directed by Matt, uh, Matt Bettini, Olpin, and Tyler Gillett. Oh, uh, I love pro- them. From Ready or Not. Yeah, I know you're oh. a fan. Oh, you really? Oh, I was joking. I didn't know who the fuck those people were. Yeah, no, they directed Ready They directed Ready or Not. <laughs> oh, shout out. Good for them. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so, yeah, they're doing Scream and then the new Scream. Um, this is fine. This is fine. This is like, so if my Scream ranking is Scream 1, Scream 2, Scream 4, and then obviously Scream 3 last, this is after Scream. Th- this is ahead of Scream Three, but um, behind the rest of the screams. Um, my biggest complaint about this one is I feel there's just untapped potential on the table because, again, with how meta Scream gets and how silly it gets, you're doing a reboot of a movie like twenty of the uh, that's like so old in the 2022s. Now you could have had so much more fun with this. I feel with that concept, and they have they they poke fun at it a little bit, but they don't go as far as I would have liked them to go. I feel like, mm. um, but it's solid. Like it's not a bad horror movie. It's fine. There's some good performances. Jenna Ortega is really great here. Um, and I think she's going to be a focal point of the new one. So that'll be good. Um, oh, and they bring back some of the old cast members too. some of the, some of the, the motivations I'll say without spoiling anything of some of these characters are really stupid, but I mean, it's just typical horror shit. So it was enjoyable. You know, it was fun popcorn fucking horror flick, but, uh, not up to the standard of the, uh, well, besides three, the, uh, the originals. So solid movie. Hopefully they can get a better crack at it at the uh, sixth one, which I'll see in theaters because I've enjoyed all these movies enough, which you don't usually see with horror movies. Usually like, I mean, besides three, which is mid, but you usually just see after the first one maybe even the second one it just it's all downhill and they all suck but the fact that there's some consistent ones here that are actually somewhat decent uh definitely uh an anomaly in the uh, in the horror genre and they're just fun slashers so can't go wrong with that but uh, said, yeah the, the, the screen reboots a three out of five i said oh god because i just imagined jenna ortega basically being the um 
oh man, what is her name? Uh, the Jennifer Lawrence of uh, uh, from X Men, but for uh, Scream, where it's like, oh shit, you got a whole lot bigger. Now we're gonna give you a whole lot more focus, I did, or I don't know. That is an unformed statement. My my brain isn't thinking properly. I just made that connection, and I'm thinking, huh? I wonder if Scream Six, Scream Harder, will have a harder focus on her just now that they know she's bigger. Yeah, it definitely kind of seems like it might from the trailer. So that would wait. Be, oh wait. Uh, oh wait. No. No. Oh wait. Oh, this is we're, we're on six already. Oh, okay. No, I yeah. meant seven. <laughs> yeah. No. Scream Six. Yeah. No. Scream Six is is done. It's it's in the can. It's it's coming out in April, I think. So <laughs> they're gonna re-edit that shit just to give her more focus. <laughs> Probably. Uh, she's the big thing, especially after Wednesday now. She's huge right now. So, um, All right. I'm going to bang out one more here, um, and then we'll be even. Um, just because, obviously, we're not going to talk a lot about this. It's the Last of Us TV series. Um, we're going to be doing a special episode, obviously, on that entire thing. Um, once uh, the explain to the class ready. why we're not doing weekly. <laughs> I just can commit to a, t- a specific time. Like I just can commit right after the episode every Sunday. Uh, I, I just didn't want to get in a situation where I'd miss one or two. So I was like, okay, no, it's, it's just not worth it to do it. I tried to give you a ring and you couldn't commit, you bitch. <laughs> but yeah, so we'll be doing a, uh, we'll be doing one for the entire series afterwards. And, uh, and maybe, love the, maybe the game. It maybe the game. All yeah. bundled together. Bundled, bundled together. together. I, I love it so far. I think it's fantastic. But um, obviously, I will talk more about it then. Uh, for now, I just leave you with the fact that uh, Neil Druckmann is God. Thank you very much. All right, I am sharpening my blades so fucking hard for this show. And there are already, like, just me not even watching it, there are, like, two or three things that, like, I am, like, furiously, like, starting a fucking fire with two blades where I'm like, oh, you changed that, huh? Hmm. <laughs> and that's not even me having watched the show. This is runoff information that has gotten to me and i'm just like <laughs> oh when we get there oh when we get there <sighs> all right uh where's the boots of last wish yeah yeah push the boots. yeah good good movie. good movie hey that's a good movie right there hey i i've watched i don't remember why is this on the list here i oh i remember so you remember how i told you i missed like the first 15 or 20 minutes when i went to go watch this in theaters well mm-hmm. I uh, I have a friend, you know, he he be sailing, but he don't have a boat, if you know what I'm saying. Uh, and he, you know, he has a thing called a Plex server. Um, the man invites me out onto the water from time to time. There we go. I think we've gotten enough enough of phrases out the door. Uh, anyways, I saw it on there and I was like, oh, well, I didn't watch the first 15 or 20 minutes. I was logging my parents into all of my streaming services and I logged into my Plex account and I saw that Puss in Boots was there. I was like, oh, you know what? Let me watch the first 15 or 20 minutes. And then that was done. And I was like, whoa, that is actually very well animated. That was very creative. Oh, my God. That's a that's a visual showcase. Good job, DreamWorks. You haven't been this impressive probably since had to train your dragon at least visually and then i saw my parents were into it and i was like well you know what they love they love it when i'm around they love having this baby here let's just watch the entire movie so i watched it again and i was like hey you know what that's not a bad movie now i didn't include the movie again 
later on the list. I think I watched it again two or three days ago, but I wasn't really watching it because like I'm I just I don't I don't really like the movie enough to watch it this many times in close proximity. Um my brother-in-law because pretty much well I mean one of my brother-in-laws. Uh this man, he doesn't really watch movies and he was just like, "Ah, oh, I saw clips of it." And I was like, "I have it here. I can just show you it." And he's like, "Okay." And uh, I, I don't know, if there's one thing there's now I've gotten to the point of nitpicking. I don't think the bear and Goldilocks needed to be in the movie. I feel like you could have just cut them and rework some of the stuff and it would have been okay. I don't, they're good. They work. You could have just cut them out. It's okay. Uh, Maybe they're good. So you can revisit them later on, but like, you You really just want to like piss Buffo off with every single episode now, don't you? Like that's your Uh, soul. Oh, you were right. Actually, I forgot. Yeah. That's, that's Florence Pugh. I forgot. That's Mrs. Buffo. I'm so sorry. Um, uh, uh, Buffo. If I, if I have to explain myself, um, Florence Pugh, I would have loved if she was still included in the movie, only cut out so then she could still receive her money and and her payment, okay? I apologize. I did not mean to insult her talent or anything. I just feel for the pacing of the movie, you could have just cut them out, and it's okay because whenever I'm watching the movie and we go back to the Bears, I'm like, you're fine. You really only push puss in boots out of the house at the beginning of the movie and that's pretty much it after that you guys have your own story that doesn't ever really connect back it's good but you know let's just shorten the movie up a little bit okay because like this movie could have been a a way harder 80 minutes than 100 minutes anyways but that's pretty nitpicky because it's still a good movie puss in boots the last wish that's a good movie out of 10 that's it i'm not gonna i'm not even gonna go that much more negative um yeah no i i really love this movie a lot it's one of my favorite animated movies i've seen in a long time um that's not from ghibli uh i just really really dug this specifically out of dreamwork animations it's actually made me probably if if anything you'll like it because it's made me yeah it's made me want to watch uh, how to train your dragon yes uh, yes so yes yeah oh my god that's a good thing from it oh Uh, i probably will get to that eventually but um, I, I don't like, I mean, whatever I, you probably could cut out um, Goldilocks and the bears. I don't know how important to the story they are, but they, they made me smile and chuckle. So they can stay. I mean, uh, they, I just want to smile and chuckle. That's the thing. They just really push puss in boots out of the, the cat house. Like that's it. Like that's, that's important to the plot. Everything else tends to be their own stuff. And then sure. They kidnap the dog at some point, but you could easily just cut that out like that. That would have been fine. I, you could have had you could have had soft paws go do something else you know it's okay there's a way to rewrite it like there's there's 12 bakers that i'm not going to mention that because that's actually pretty funny but like there's, there's 12 bakers there okay you could have just done that but it's okay i accept this is really nitpicky because i've probably watched this movie too many times in close proximity um but yes oh my god dorian please please oh my god just I'm on a high. I'm on a how to train your dragon high right now. Okay, because uh, a, a good friend, uh, Herb, uh, Herb, Herb, he sent me a video about the musical score about the beginning of the movie and how like it's actually brilliant. And when I watched it, I was like, oh yeah, this video is good. I kind of want to watch the um, the test fly scene in the movie. And what I remembered is that, oh, yeah, the last time that I watched this movie, I watched it with my wife. 
I specifically have to keep the volume lower whenever I'm watching a movie with her because she's like, eh, it's too loud. So I watched it earlier today as loud as I wanted. And I was like, oh, my God, holy shit. This scene is fucking incredible. And in case if you need to if you case if you need to be reminded of this, Roger Deakins had some uh, he had a hand in the cinematography, which is why the flying scenes fuck so hard. So um, you might want to. Might want to hurry up and get there because holy shit, man, this movie is insane. Even just watching that scene, I love that there's a certain moment where the camera is following the hiccup, the main character. It's following him and you're like, oh, this feels like a natural spot to cut. And then it doesn't. And it just follows him like, oh, my God, that's fucking hot. So, yeah, uh, Puss in Boots, The Last Wish. My new rating is how to train your dragon better out of 10. But then again, that's an evergreen score for a lot of stuff. Uh, Puzzle Woods is an 8 out of 10 for me, and How to Train Your Dragon is on Netflix. So maybe soonish. Oh, boy. Oh, boy. Do that before they start cutting out passwords. Uh, your turn, then. <laughs> All right. Uh, let's go. Uh, I mean, honestly, this probably should have been at the start with Weave Trial, but whatever. I was already mm-hmm. guilty. So uh, we'll talk about yeah. the Notary Games, Virtue's Last Reward. We can't shoot uh, a ghost, goddammit. <laughs> we can try. <laughs> It's true. You could try. You could, you could just like piss on the grave, though. Um, <laughs> no, this is, is yeah. This so this, I actually started playing this game uh, during uh, GDQ. Uh, I needed something to play on my Steam Deck. Something like I always do this when when GDQ's on. Like it's on. It's always on constantly, twenty four seven. I'll be like on my laptop or on the TV. And if there's just a run that I'm not as interested in, um, I'll still watch it. But then I'll kind of half watch and then half play my Steam Deck. So that was the plan. I always have a game. Um, and this one was, yeah, this was Virtue's Last Rewards. This was the sequel to um, 999, which I played last year. Uh, I Really, really just solid, really great visual novel game. Um, you know, if you like this sort of style of game, you're probably going to like it. Just lots of branching paths, lots of, lots of time fuckery and tr- figuring out like who's what and kind of how it connects to the first story. They did a really good job with that stuff. So yeah, I really enjoyed it. My biggest complaint about it, honestly, is it's a lot more weeb than the first one. Like there's a lot more like weird pervy jokes and stuff like that. That's just fucking annoying. Uh, I don't know why they kind of went in that direction, but they did. It's weird too. Cause there was like almost none in the first game, but I don't know. They had to change that, I guess, to fucking appeal to the fucking weebs more. But uh, yeah, taking that stuff out, the actual base story itself is really cool. Lots of cool sci-fi shit. Um, and yeah, I had a good time with it. Really, really great stuff. So uh, as far as VNs go, like a lot of people have this as like, you know, their favorite of all time. It's not close to that for me, but I'm going to sneeze, I think. All right, there we go. <laughs> <She took like laughs> <two seconds. laughs> Damn it! Damn it! I was hoping that your actual sneeze would have come in, so then oh, like my it. joke. <laughs> now my joke one is staying in there. Now my joke yeah, because the timing was too perfect. Yeah, keep your yeah, keep God your joke. Damn away. it! I hate it. I hate it because like I'm hearing this. I'm like perfect. I'm gonna cut this during <laughs> editing, and then I do something. I like, oh shit! Now I can't cut that. <laughs> yeah, the windup was like a good four seconds for that one um <laughs> but yeah no it's not that good for me but it's 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 solid like it'd be in my top like like 10 for sure so really good stuff i enjoyed it it's a solid eight out of ten yeah the only thing i'm gonna say is that i really hate it whenever you bring up these games because whenever i'm editing and adding timestamps, my brain goes what what even the fuck is this i need to google i need to actually just copy and paste the name so i don't spell it wrong or anything like that i hate it that's it that's it this is just that's all i can say because i don't really care about anything else out of 10 yeah fair enough all right your turn all right uh bloodborne 
Oh boy! Oh my God! This game is um, this game is great streams. Some great streams. Ed, hold on, hold on. I just realized that I haven't talked about Bloodborne at all. So like, I'm starting base level here. Yeah. Oh God, that's weird to think about. I thought this was an update. Jesus, it really has been a long time since the last episode. Anyways, Bloodborne. There's a lot to explain here. Uh, I. Oh my God! I just. Oh my god, this has been going on for so long that I actually have to talk about that weeb that I meant to buy their PS4 Pro off of. Oh my god, dude, time is a flat circle. All right, story time, everybody, Bloodborne. Okay, so last, not even last September, because it's 2023 now, Jesus Christ, September 2021. Oh my god, this took forever. My PS5, my Death Stranding PS4 Pro, and my network switch just died. Just fucking died. It, I don't know what it was. It wasn't a power surge because I don't even think the power went out of my house. But something fucked up. And all three of these devices just died on me. My PS5, I sent it off to Jim Ryan. Jim Ryan spit on it once and then sent it back to me and said, here you go. And then it just worked. I, I don't know what he did, but his spit worked. Um, I bought another network switch. I just threw away the old one. My PS4 Pro, the Death Stranding one, the problem is is that I specifically needed a late model PS4 Pro to fix it. I took it to Ubrank iFix. It's a local place. I don't know how local it is. It might be a larger chain. I don't know. I took it to this place. I said, hey, fix it. Skip forward like 10 months after these fuckers tell me, yeah, we'll get back to you in a month. And I just go and pick the shit up. I just like whatever they handed to me it. They couldn't even fucking close the casing right. I could have just kept this PS4 and fixed it myself with the complete bullshit that they handed me. I took it home. I alcoholed it. I tried to clean it up as nicely as possible. They basically told me the HDMI port isn't a problem. The actual motherboard itself and some of the components that handle video out and audio out are fucked up. So cue another like 14 months i don't care if that's accurate whatever another 14 months or so of me needing to fix this ps4 pro just slowly shopping for another ps4 pro that i can just harvest parts from right i'm trying to keep my cost at 150 because that's what i was going to pay for the repair anyway so finally 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 i find a guy who is selling a ps4 pro for 150 i tell him to take a picture of the ports on the back it's the right model late model 2018 and after ps4 pro 7215b i think is the model something like that i go and meet this man he's on a motorcycle and i get one hand no sorry no one foot out of the car this guy points to his motorcycle and says, hey, look, bro, it's my Weebmobile. And every single alarm in my brain just goes off and it's like, leave, leave. Do you really want this PS4 Pro that badly? Leave. And the problem is it's been however many months. It's been more than a year since I've been able to fix this thing. I just want this thing fixed already. So I take another foot out and I just sigh and grumble and look to the ground just like, I can't, I can't. This man, I believe, is on a watch list because the next thing he asked me, what, you don't like hentai? 
I wish that I could have just gotten hit by a bus. I wish that cops would have dropped down from the non-existent ceiling because we were in a parking lot. I, I wish they would have repelled down from a helicopter and arrested both of us. I would have dealt with going to prison for a little bit if I knew it meant that this man was no longer on the streets. And all I can muster out of my voice is just, I just can't stand anime. And then this man replies with me with just the the, the, the final corn piece of this shit Sunday. What? You don't like Genshin Impact? I should have called the police right then and there on this man. In like 10 seconds, this man has told on himself so hard... I hope this man gets castrated because we don't need people like this procreating against a woman's just consent, okay? I, ugh. Anyways, I finally did it. I took the PS4 home, I wiped it down with Clorox wipes in the garage, and then I just, I cleaned this thing as well as I could before I took it inside my home. I ripped it for pieces. I was able to fix my Death Stranding PS4 Pro. I even upgraded my Spider-Man Pro by putting in the power supply of this fucking dirtified PS4 Pro. I was able to take out the power supply. I put it in the Spider-Man Pro. It runs even better. So both of my PS4s got to benefit from this. Why did I mention this entire story? Because I needed a legal PS4 and then I needed a hacked PS4. The Spider-Man Pro is my legal one. The Death Stranding one is my uh, hacked one. I hacked it so I could play Bloodborne at 60 FPS. This is a long road, that we're, but we're finally here. I'm not going to talk about the entire hacking process. All I will say is that it was easy. It was actually shockingly easy if you're at the right firmware. Um, anyways, Bloodborne. Bloodborne is a weird one because I I like the combat. I don't think I understand the combat yet. The dodging mechanic isn't what Elden Ring was. I would tr I feel like I should say what most of their games are like, but let's be honest, I haven't I haven't played Dark Souls 1 since like 2012. Dark Souls 2 I haven't touched, Dark Souls 3 I haven't touched, Elden Ring I have, and then Sekiro. Like that was a couple of years ago, but that feels like such an offshoot that it doesn't even feel relevant. So the dodging isn't like Elden Ring. Elden Ring, you got your dodge rolls, and that gives you iframes whenever you're in the air, so you can just kind of dodge into attacks sometimes. Bloodborne, whenever you lock onto an enemy, it doesn't dodge roll, it sidesteps. So this is completely fucking the way that I already know how to play, and I just haven't gotten used to it. I'm... Six or seven hours in, I think I stopped right before a boss fight until like every other interest jumped me instead to pull me away. Look, I'm going to come back. OK, I, I, I swear, like it, the game is interesting me enough. The problem is, is that I want to play this game only on stream. So like a lot of times I'm playing and getting through things off stream. But considering that this is a stream only game, it does limit how often I want to play. But. Yeah, like that dodging mechanic is really screwing me up. That and the parry mechanic. I don't know how to read the parry mechanic yet. I don't know if, oh, does this is this an attack that cannot be parried? Or did I miss the timing to parry? 
and I don't know how to properly read between those two. So the like I would say the trinity of this combat is parrying, dodging, and actually attacking. I've got actually attacking down. I'm fine there. Parrying and dodging though. Mm, I don't know, man. I don't know. So that's at least that. I let me talk about the art style. The art style is good. It is nice. For some reason, it is not doing what it does to everyone else. Where people are like, oh my god, look at this. Holy shit. I, I'm looking like this is very nice. It is different. I'm not losing my mind over it. It's like, this is nice, but it is not pulling me as much as it does everyone else. I can't really remember the music. What I will say, though, is that the design of this game is great. I love any single time that you have just... I almost look it's going to come up later with Skyward Sword but like I love the design where you will go a place and before you know it you've circled back to a place you already recognize I just really love that so Bloodborne has that in spades I love being able to find a ladder kick it down you go back down it's like oh my god I'm right at the beginning and then I just kind of go under my breath Miyazaki you devil you so the design is great. It feels like every single time that I guess I get lost, it's because I'm stupid. It's not even the game. Like I was getting pissed off at one of the last locations that I was in, which I think was like old ER number, something like that, where I go up a ladder and it's a shortcut that takes me back to the beginning. I was like, Oh, okay, cool. And then I got lost on the way back and I'm like, ah, damn it. I don't know where to go. This game's fucking stupid. I go back to the ladder and then I realize on the right side is a is an alleyway. And I'm like, oh, I'm just an idiot. Okay, cool. This is the this is the game problems. I'm just an idiot. Um, sixty FPS. I guess I should talk about that too. Yeah, it's solid. I can play the game. Yeah, I don't I don't know what else to say. I dropped it down to 720, 60 frames. It kind of jostles a little bit around 40s at the lowest. Yeah, no, that's fine. I, I feel like considering that I went all work to hack this thing, I'm going to probably push myself almost to the fucking end of Bloodborne to make it worth it. But yeah, Bloodborne. Uh, whew, boy, I don't I'm this is not going to be the first game on this list that is going to have me going. Oh, man, I'm gonna, this is going to be a bit of a I'm kind of hoping it's not a drag to get me to the end, but I want to get there. So, yeah, Bloodborne, your turn. <laughs> Um, yeah, so Bloodborne, my experience of Bloodborne is not uh, long, super long. Uh, I played it, uh, how long ago would have this been now? Probably like five years. 2015. So. 2015, okay. So it wasn't right away for sure. It's probably around like 2016, 2017 I tried it. Same, actually. Something like, something like that. Um, I made it to Father G. I beat Father G, and I was like, I'm good. Uh, the combat just it, it didn't feel enjoyable enough for me to want to keep going with it. Uh, I beat him, and I just didn't feel like it was worth it for me to keep playing. Um, I love the art style. I think the art style is gorgeous. That was easily my favorite part about the game. I was like, oh, man, I love the gothicness of this. It feels great. I love this world. Uh, it's the closest still a From game has come to drawing me in, but it just could not do it for me. So just I, I don't think their games are for me, um, and that's fine. I don't I don't have to like every game. 
So I think I think I'm good. I, I can't maybe. I mean, maybe if it went to sixty, if they if they ever officially released the sixty FPS patch, I'd try it again. But I'm playing the Dead Space remake in thirty FPS right now, so I honestly don't think that's a big deal and maker for me. The thing is, is that the sixty FPS patch, it's not really like about sixty FPS. It's just about making sure that it can stay above twenty. <laughs> Well, uh, yeah, that's that, that's true. That's true. The, the, it, it it does run like shit, um, even on regular, like with the regular release, um, even yeah, on the PS4 Pro. Yeah, no, it it doesn't run great. So that is true. That is true. But uh, yeah, so but yeah, Bloodborne. I mean, I get it. I I think it's uh, like I said, closest ever come to drawing me in. It's just not for me. So yeah, that's all well, I have to say. I guess I'll go back. The first time that I tried it was like in. 2016 2017 i had my friend like yo man you gotta try this and i'm like okay so i streamed basically most of old no no yarnum yeah no because old yarnum is the next place i just streamed most of yarnum and then i got to the the beast i don't even know what his name is it's a big dude on a bridge i beat him and i think it i beat him on like my second try and you know how everyone says, like, oh, when you beat the first boss in a, in, a, in a Souls game, that's when it gets you hooked. And I beat him, and I was like, I feel nothing. And so then I just dropped it from there. Uh, but then, you know, this was pre-Enlightenment, pre-Elden Ring. So now I am willing to give the From games a whole lot more just rope than usual. So I don't know, man. Well, I'll just keep trying, but... Oh man, Skyward Sword. How mixed I am on Bloodborne, it's gonna be even worse for Skyward Sword. And I'm I just keep going back because I'm so curious about it. But that's later. So yeah, Bloodborne. I'll get I, I swear there'll be more streams out of time. Cool. Uh, all right. Let's go from Bloodborne to Alfred Hitchcock and talk about the Lady Vanishes. This, this man is... again. Oh my god, he keeps <laughs> coming back to haunt me. Yeah, do you want to just get your review? That's it. No, that's it. I'm not saying anything else. We're done. We're done. Um, Yeah, so Mr. Hitchcock, uh, 1938 movie directed by, yeah, Alfred Hitchcock, The Lady Vanishes. Um, It's funny. The the first couple movies of the year I watched were all uh, movies from like the 30s and 40s, and it just kind of worked out that way. I don't know why it did, but uh, new movies anyways, not rewatches. So yeah, I decided to throw this on on the Criterion channel. I just, again, I'm off the whole movie a day thing. I'm not doing that anymore. Um, I'm still tent- watching movies, you know, on my days off from work, um, and I'm still going to the cinema quite a bit. I got a double coming up next week, but I'm not, uh, I'm not forcing myself to do a movie every day now. When I get home from work, I am gaming disgusting i know but that is the way the cookie crumbles but yeah this is from 1938 i really like old hitchcock i appreciate it a lot because it's very different um like from this from like the lady vanishes to something like psycho it's just night and day um and this is still enjoyable even though i I don't like it quite as much as his later stuff and kind of what he becomes known for you know this is a lot more comedy in it there's a lot of funny bits in it but you can still and it's more of kind of like murder mystery there's it doesn't really kind of lean into like the thriller and the suspense as much as he will in later years but um yeah for a movie made in the, the 30s shockingly competent really fun to watch uh some good performances and uh an interesting little story so definitely enjoyed it and didn't uh, regret my time with it at all it was it was a fun movie so uh you know solid 3.5 out of 5 that's really all i have to say again i'm saying nothing so we're moving on after sun hey ah, after yes. sun of uh, you know considering how you know 
the subject being a father and a daughter, it's weird because I feel like I'm in a perfect cross section for this movie that it feels like it should hit harder. But the problem is, is that I'm standing in between the two points of view for this movie, which is the father and the daughter, that it feels like if you were in one camp, I feel like this movie would hit way harder. But because I'm seeing both sides, I feel like I'm getting both sides of it. But it, for some reason, loses some emotional impact uh, it's still a very fucking good movie it's still very effective there's nothing wrong with it damn it i don't want this to make it sound like it's a negative thing or anything it's just like in this perfect crossroad of either being a parent or a kid i am right at the axis of this right now so it's one of those things that i can still see the child perspective and i can see the parent perspective and it, to say more feels like it would be spoilers it would require me to dive deeper into this movie and I, i'll explain during spoilers but i guess let me speak generally about the movie before we get there the structure of this movie the looseness of it is something that is ridiculous to behold because very early on it feels like okay what are we doing here? Why is this taking just so long to finally get into it? And I don't even know at what point in the movie it finally clicks. But when it does, you just kind of realize, oh, no, this is the intention of the movie. It almost feels like it plays like, I mean, no, no, I, I, I can't say that. I, I'm not going to give my proof of what, I can't. No, no, I, I need to dance around it. I'm going to just say half of my statement then and I'll explain after in spoilers. But it feels like memories of the trip are what you're seeing more than anything else instead of what actually happened, if that makes sense. Um, but besides that, the structure of the movie is just so good. It just all has this almost like tinge of dreaminess to it and it's got almost like this looking back feel of where you want to reevaluate the small moments that you as a kid wouldn't think about it's getting really hard to dance around this without spoilers so all i'm just going to say is that this is just a quiet contemplative great movie and i'll explain why i feel like if i weren't in this point in my life i feel like it would have banged it would have hit me harder. But again, that has nothing to do with the quality of the movie. This is just a personal thing. It's not even like me saying, oh, I would have liked it more. Like, no, no, I just feel like it would have hit harder. Like, I would have connected more, I guess. But even then, I don't feel like connect is a good word to use. So, Dorian, take me here before I need to, before we end up spoiling stuff. Yeah, no, After Sun's fantastic. It's it's so funny that I randomly just watched this movie. Like, in th the fact that it even came to the theaters near me was surprising because there were some bigger ones that didn't. But this one did come um, to a small theater that is a bit to get to, but they play a lot of these types of movies. And I wouldn't have even ever heard of it or known about it if it wasn't for Sam. I probably would have with all the buzz it got afterwards, but Sam was the first one to bring it onto my radar. Um, and I saw it after Triangle of Sadness. And I was really excited for Triangle of Sadness, and I had nothing to expect from this movie. Um, I ended up liking this movie a hell of a lot more than I did Triangle of Sadness, which was funny. But uh, yeah, no, it's great. Every, I agree with everything you said, um, especially like I, I was in the same way. The first like 15 minutes of this movie, maybe first 15, 20 minutes or so, I'm just kind of sitting there being like, oh, I don't know if this is going to work for me. Like, it's just, I don't really know where they're going with this format and what they're doing here. The smoking um, yeah, scene, I honestly, I just have to say that. The smoking scene is where I was like, dude, this is, what are we doing here? 
Yeah, yeah. And I'm just like, I, I, yeah, I don't know. And and like you, I don't really know where I clicked either. I can't say, but it does. Mm-hmm. And it just kind of goes and it works really fucking well. Um, and it's really well made and well done. So I've, I've talked about it in a previous episode before. So you can always circle back to that if you want to hear my thoughts. Um, I'm glad you finally got a chance to watch it, though, and uh, appreciate it. Because, yeah, it's it's really, it's very powerful. And uh, it's unlike like a lot of things in cinema it's very uh, unique so it's cool all right okay so both positive fucking great blah 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 three two one thank you after sun for taking um under pressure and replacing the girl next door as my main touchstone of where I've heard under pressure. So congrats, Aftersun. You have now become what I think of when I think of that song. Just, oh my god, that fucking ending with that song. Like it, it is so fucking good. I love that scene so much. It's just, okay, I guess I want to go a little bit deeper into the movie. Be- the reason why I feel like I have to stress the whole cross-section thing is like, so obviously the movie is all about the dad and how this man is slowly accepting through his depression that his life is basically over. Like, that's it. He can He's trying to do everything that he can to give his daughter a happy life. And it's pretty much like a here's the word again it feels like they're at a cross section where the girl is i can't remember their name so whoops i apologize uh the girl is only going sophie. up sophie oh my god that's such a great name whatever uh sophie sophie is on the upswing of life and she is just finding out about new things she's finding out about boys and love and curious about all that and then her dad is just completely fucking done like what i meant with the whole little moments that you go back and reevaluate the whole memories thing i mean the whole the camera is a plot point so her her little camera that she's recording all of her her um her trip with so it kind of begs the question uh is this just i mean no even at the end of the movie she is watching the camera so everything that we see i honestly believe is her memories intermixing with some of the footage that she is watching at the end of the movie so through this lens then that means that she remembers just how long he was out there with the cigarette. She remembers these kind of views of him standing over the balcony for a really long time and just looking like he was going to kill himself. We see that, that, that memory of hers where she talks to her dad about his old birthdays. And he just very, just quietly just says, yeah, no, my life fucking sucked as a kid. And then you put that into context with the fact that this man for his birthday weekend is just having a terrible time. And then whenever Sophie disappears, this man just goes into the ocean. You're like, oh, my God, this man is going to kill himself. You know, maybe my framing device doesn't work entirely because how would Sophie's memories and how would the um, video camera be able to know about what the dad is doing whatever like we we just take creative licenses there okay shut up um but yeah it going back again to cross-section because it's the word i keep using having a daughter means that i'm in between these two points where i am still i'm i'm still 
at least if we look at all of this, I am still such an early dad that I still feel like I am definitely a child of my parents, but I am still here at least in parenthood that it feels like I can look at his end. So what I was taking from this movie more than anything else, even though he is so depressed and he absolutely kills himself at some point, I still loved this movie more than anything else because the message I was taking out of it is that whenever you become a parent, you just throw yourself into the fucking grinder so they could have a happy childhood. So even though that ending, like, you know, the good is <laughs> very good argument for it being very depressing. It is something that is actually supremely uplifting to me. The idea that this man, even through his depression, is still trying to give his daughter just everything that he can. So, yeah, I took something probably way different than most people did. And I'm kind of glad for it because. Had I watched this at any other time, I'm pretty sure I would have taken something different. But as it stands, I love this movie. And even just talking about it right now makes me appreciate it even more. So, yeah, after Sun, the movie's fucking great. Yeah, it's a banger for sure. Shout out Paul, uh, Paul Mescal. Uh, for getting an Oscar Absolutely. nomination too, did not expect it. I honestly thought it was going to go to Tom Cruise, which I wouldn't have been happy if it did. By the way, uh, I think Tom was fantastic in Top Gun. Um, but yeah, he, he so he doesn't need it. He, he doesn't. He need does, exactly. He doesn't yeah. need it. And and this is so great for him for his career. I don't think he does a chance in hell at winning it. Unfortunately, yeah. um, but uh, I if he did win it, um, I would not be unhappy. Oh my god! So. He was he was great. Um, like it's basically, if I'm looking at my favorite male performances of the year, it's him, it's Colin Farrell in The Banshees of Inisherin, and it's Brendan Fraser in The Whale. Those three were just fantastic performances, and if any of them took home the Oscar, I'd be very happy for it. But this um, is not me saying that Colin Farrell had a bad performance. I would just say that if there's anyone that I'm rooting for, I would be rooting for him less than I would the other two: Brendan Fraser yeah, and, and Paul Mescal. That's fair. The only thing I would say to that is Colin Farrell actually has never won an Oscar before or nominated, and he kind of deserves it. Like, the dude's a fucking Chad. Uh, I agree, though, that Paul Mescal and – yeah, and, and, but I agree, though, with, with those two, Paul Mescal and Brendan Fraser, you know, th- they might never get nominated again. Possibly. Uh, Brendan Fraser seems more likely too because he's getting, he's obviously older. Paul Muscal's career is just beginning though, so we'll see where it goes for him. That's but what I, I hate, man. These politicking ones. Because yeah, like, if you ask me which one of these do I feel like I'd want to give it to, I'd want to give it to Paul because it is such a quiet performance and everything this man does speaks volumes and i fucking love it and while brendan fraser this man pulls out some fucking depth in him in the whale that i none of us knew was there none of us knew like even the one scene that i don't even remember i feel like whenever they announced the nominations they had the one clip where he's (laughs) just it's fucking perfect it's great (laughs) yeah you yeah you know what clip that one's getting yeah (laughs) But you know, that's the thing. I, I, if you know the clip, you know it. I don't want to yeah. explain it no, to you yeah, because, yeah, yeah no. Like, no, the movie's yeah. the movie's great. We, we, we talked about it in spoiler chat for that episode, so you can listen to that. I can't believe you remember that. Um, <laughs> but uh, Paul Mescal, like you are right that like his career is so early. But I hate the politicking because like oh, if agree. you ask me which performance deserves it more, oh, it's Paul. Without a doubt. But, no, I agree. But, you know, yeah, if Colin Farrell hasn't had one, what are the chances that Martin McDonald's like, yeah, let's make another one? Ah. 
Look, God it, damn it, it. It doesn't matter. Austin Butler's going to win. I hate you. Oh, so. If he wins, if he <laughs> wins, I am going to retroactively seethe for Rocket Man, okay? Because <laughs> if you tell me that fucking Rami Malek can win for Bohemian Rhapsody, which, by the way, his performance isn't bad. I'm just saying that movie fucking sucks, okay? So, like, you're going to tell me that he can win it. You're going to tell me that Austin Butler is going to win for this? And then Taron Egerton for Rocket Man just gets nothing. Just gets fucking nothing. Yeah. That. No. No. <laughs> no. God damn. Ugh. I'm, I'm going to stop. You under, You understand my C. There's nothing else I need to say that explains it. But yeah, no, I, I, under, I, I understand your Steve. It's 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 dumb, but I, I will see what happens. It's going to be interesting. But yeah, no, After Sun, fantastic movie, really really great stuff. And the only other thing I would implore you, Ed, while you're still fresh in this uh, having a daughter phase, is please please watch Eraserhead someone soon, <laughs> because I really need the uh, the Ed reaction to that while he still is somewhat fresh into parenthood, because I think it will be funny. No other reason. 2020 Academy Awards, the only thing that got nominated was Best Original Song. Not even a nomination. Yeah. No Austin Butler out of 10. (laughs) Uh, Yeah. 8 out of 10, 4 to 5, great movie. Just fantastic stuff. Your turn. God damn it. Uh, One second, sorry. Mm Mm-hmm. I'll go again. Evan, end of Evangelion. I feel like I'm a psychopath for liking this, but also whenever I watch it now, because I don't even remember the series that much, it just feels like it's a good insult for the rest of the series. So that gives me a good idea of why I like it. And it's also insulting the audience that really hated the series finale. So awesome. I have an explanation of why I like this even separate from the series. Let's go. End of Evangelion. Damn, that's that's a good movie. A psychopath out of 10. Okay, I'm back. Did I miss anything? Oh, I I, I spoke about End of Evangelion. That's fine. Yeah, I know. I'm just fucking with you. Um, <laughs> yeah, it, 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 <laughs> I heard it all. Uh, End of Eva, yeah, still died. Uh, uh, st- Eva still fucked me out of town. That, that's all I have to say. Uh, all right. Yeah, I'll bang two out now. Uh, we'll, we'll start with A Man Called Otto. Uh, this was part of a double feature I watched with Missing, which I'll talk about later. Um, this was directed by Mark Foster, or, or Forster, excuse me, starring Tom Hanks. Uh, look, I'm just going to let the review I posted on Letterboxd speak for me, and that is emotional tragedy porn. That's what this movie is. It's just, I don't really like it at all. I think it's very mid. And I think the entire movie is just trying to be like, hey, hey. Like, do you want to feel something? Poke, poke, poke. Hey, do you want to? You want to feel bad for this grumpy old guy that's that has nobody and and his wife died in a horrible accident. Now you're you're just gonna show you all this sad shit and you're gonna cry. Poke, poke, poke. And that is the entire fucking movie. I am stunned. This movie is getting so many positive reviews. Tom Hanks is good in it. Like he's solid. Like he's a grumpy old man, and I think it's a good performance. But holy crap, this movie is a mo- is a manipulative manipulative. And the ending is so fucking unnecessary and just stupid. So I was not at all a fan of this movie. Uh, I, I don't understand where some of the buzz and praise is coming for this from. Really glad I didn't get any Oscar nominations. Uh, shout out Tom Hanks. I still like you. You're good here. But yeah, this 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 script is horrible. And I, and I did learn it was a remake uh, from a, a European movie. So maybe that version's better. I don't know. 
and this was maybe a bit more Americanized. I'm not sure, but yeah, this sucked. This fucking sucked. I did, I did not like this movie. Um, okay. Now, considering how much you love your depressing shit, the fact that even you're sniffing out that this feels a little too heavy handed, my brain goes, oh no, I am going to fucking hate this movie if I'm ever forced to watch it. And I say forced because I'm never going to watch it. That's my score. Never watching out of 10. Yeah, don't watch this movie. No time to waste on shit like that. Uh, okay, and then I'm going to talk about Infinity Pool. I actually just watched this a couple nights ago. This is the 2023 film directed by Brandon Cronenberg, starring the main man himself, Alexander Skaskard, and Mia Goth. Um, this is the follow-up to Brandon Cronenberg's Possessor, which is actually one of my favorite movies of 2020, and I think it's a fantastic fucking film. Highly recommend it. One of the most original, unique horror movies I've seen in some time. Um, Infinity Pool's good. It's, it's actually, it, it bangs. I like it. It's not as good as Possessor. It does have some issues, I feel, with it. Um, but I really like Brandon Cronenberg's style of filmmaking. It's very similar to his dad's and I vibe with it. So I fuck with this movie. I think there's a lot of really cool imagery in it. It's a lot of fucked up. There's definitely an air of pretentiousness to it at points, which kind of eh, felt more in this movie than it did in Possessor, which is another reason why it brings it down for me. But I do like the overall message of the movie. And I think it does all make sense, kind of what they're going for. Um, it's just kind of fucked up the plot line. It's very interesting. And what I really like about Cronenberg's in specific is their, their ability to just create unique and interesting worlds. And, uh, last year with crimes of the future that really carried the movie for me, just how unique I found that world and how I bought into it and those characters and kind of what was going on there. And infinity pool is kind of similar because you get this kind of wacky little sci-fi setup and they don't really do much with it. It's more of the story of the characters and how they react in that world, but they still build a cool world to be a part of and i really appreciate that because yeah the cronenbergs are just really good at that so definitely enjoyed the movie it bangs it fucks uh it's just not quite to the same level of possessor uh but definitely worth watching and i'm glad i did so it's like a solid 3.5 out of 5 for me cronenberg that guy again that's it like come on man like wh- how many times can i repeat myself that's it to oh be yeah fair, this is this is the this is the other cronenberg this is his son so oh uh, wait re- <sighs> You know what? That family in general, okay? Is that better? <laughs> We've got a daughter, too, who's about to make a movie, so you're going to include her in this as well? Wonderful. Wonderful. I can't wait for there to be an entire family that I just unintentionally ignore. I was about to say ignore, but that makes it sound like at this point I'm avoiding them. Like, no, I'm just... Win! Okay. I guess moving on from here. Uh, oh, I forgot to give a score to um, a man called Otto, by the way. 2.5 out of 5. Okay, okay. Uh, was there another? Like, did you give this one a score? No. Yeah, I did. Three point five out of five. Okay. All right. Uh, all right. So, my next one, I'm gonna go ahead and bundle that '70s show and that '90s show. So that '90s show, I'm just gonna say that this one, the show is, yeah, yeah. Now, okay. The reason that I say it like that is that think about all the big comedy shows that people like. The first season usually kind of sucks, right? But, like, you can tell that there's potential there. This one is kind of like that. You know, it's not that good, but it has enough writing to it, and it has enough chemistry between the characters that even if a line doesn't work too bad, it's, you know, it's it's fine. Like, I just kind of like the way that these characters interact with each other even if the the jokes don't hit that hard 
So that 90s show, considering everything with the way that Netflix handles itself, there's zero chance that, well, I mean, actually, I have no idea. I no, I haven't heard a single word. I have no idea if this show is actually making its numbers or not. But, you know, give it another week and we'll probably hear Netflix cancel it because it didn't reach 10 billion people in the first week. Uh, but I would say this has potential to reach some I guess later seasons of that 70s show. And I'm not going to say earlier seasons because season one. Okay. This is just where I go back and forth. Anyways, after we watch that 90s show, my wife decided, okay, we're going to put on that 70s show. And that's going to be her show that she just has on in the background. Um, that 70s show, the first season. Yeah, no, no, it's not that good. It does have moments where it's like, oh yeah, no, this is good. And this is actually funny, but there are just a good amount of moments that, I'm not going to lie, I just kind of don't want it to get as serious as it does, because it, like, I completely just missed or forgotten or maybe never, wa never even watched. There's just so much of it that's spent with, yeah, the 70s weren't exactly a good economic time, and so there's just a whole bunch of plot points of Red having a terrible time looking for a job, and I don't know, man, like, it, it's a good indication of the time, I just there wasn't too much comedic opportunities from it. So if we could just kind of forget some of those, if there weren't so many, ah, look at this. It's that's it's the seventies. I kind of more prefer later on in the seasons where it feels like the seventies itself ends up becoming a backdrop to everything else. And, you know, just every once in a while, it becomes more of just teen shit that just so happens to take place in the seventies. But the first one, the first season feels like it leans heavily into the 70s. We've gotten to season seven. I mean, that's like season seven. What am I talking about? Why did I say seven? We got into season two, and it's a whole lot more funnier. It has a bit of a more. Oh, my God. I just realized one of the things that annoys me in season one. I don't like that there is like a fake love triangle between Foreman, um, Donna, and oh, my God, the rapist, the guy, the guy who. Who went away because he? Yeah, there we go. Danny Mas, Danny Masterson. What? I keep wanting to say Fez, but I know that's not right. Hyde. There we go. Uh, anyways, I don't like that Hyde is totally a friend, but he's constantly hitting on Donna. It's like you guys are a friend group, but Hyde is just constantly hitting on Donna. Like, I, I that's not a guy you want to hang out with. This guy sucks. So, I mean, he's funny, but I mean, considering that Foreman is the lead and his friend is constantly hitting on the girl that he wants to date, it's like, can, this is, why are you doing this? But anyways, I guess to connect both of these more often. So season one, I'm kind of mixed on, but it still had the chemistry and occasionally good enough jokes where you could imagine in like a season two or three or four, this show really starts picking up steam. And considering that there's only 10 episodes in the first season, I honestly, that's a thing, man. I feel like for sitcoms, you kind of need like a 20 episode run because through that writing, eventually you just sort of start feeling out who your actors are and you can give them material that they can specifically work off of. And I feel like 10 episodes a season is actually kind of short unless you come out the door already banging with some of this comedy. So it's a weird one that 
I feel like it's not even like, a, oh, by the third season, you hit your potential. It might be for comedy shows. Yeah, after you write like 60 or 70 episodes, you really start understanding the comedy. So that 90s show, I, I'm kind of hoping it can get to a point where it'll actually be funny enough. That 70s show, we're still going to keep going through it. That's just a fun show. I'm probably just going to be repeating that statement every single time, every single time, if I even bring it up, because let's be honest, most of the time that my wife puts on a comedy, I'm not really bringing it up. Do you want to hear me talk about Brooklyn Nine-Nine? Look, the final season was weird and it got very covid and it got very Black Lives Matter. And it's like, you know what? I understand that you guys had a cop comedy show so it'd be weird if you ignored it but considering what you gave us it sucks so i kind of wish you would have just been canceled without that there we go that's it so yeah that 70 show good that 90 show potential out of 10 uh really all i have to say about this is i was never a huge fan of that 70 show hmm. i don't i don't know if, if it's just i don't know the comedy just never really stuck for me i've watched a few episodes of it i didn't really get much deeper than that love the intro though intro's iconic oh, intro's i think great. that song and the song bangs hold on um, hold but, on i forgot to complain about something that sure. 90s show uses the same song but they kind of redo it in a grunge theme and it's like no no <laughs> this is actually fucking terrible like i actually hate the fucking intro and actually now that i think about it season one's uh that 70s show transitions from scene to scene are fucking abysmal. I fucking hate the transitions of season one. The opening song of season one is fucking terrible. Thankfully, they re-record it for season two, and that's the intro that everyone knows. The transitions from scene to scene in season two are, like, janky and bad, but they kind of feel right. The first season's transitions are fucking terrible. But anyways, that 90s show, their scene-to-scene transitions, not bad. Those are fine. Those are just straight up ripoffs of that 70s show. That's completely fine. Most of the show is a ripoff of that of that 70s show, and that's okay. But, I mean, that's honestly all it needed to be because the idea of that 70s show is here's a group of friends, here's the decade, let it go. Let's, let's just keep going from here. But the opening to that 70s show is so fucking terrible, and I hate it because it feels like the actual music itself feels 70s like i don't know what it is it's like something about the lyrics feel like they belong in the 70s and to re-record it in a grunge style feels so wrong like i i hate it i hate it i wish they would just choose a 90s song and re-record that or like cut that's the thing i think that 70s show intro song if i remember in the credits it's based on a song like in the streets or something like that Take a big song, not even a big song, take a song that feels so 90s and do the same thing that you do with that 70s show. Just do that. Just do that. So, yeah, that's my bitching. Continue as you were saying. Oh, that was really it. Just because of that, I, I just don't have any plans to watch that 90s show. So, um, yeah, I mean, that's cool if the Netflix has like a surprise, decent show on their hands. But let's be real. It's about to be canceled. So. Yeah, no, it absolutely will be. They, they yeah. did not reach the the required 25 billion new subscribers from this show. So. <laughs> exactly. Yeah, we're, we're done. We're done. <laughs> Netflix suicide out of ten. That, that, that's perfect. Your turn. Perfect. Not watching out of ten. Uh, all right. Let's. Also, you did two. I'll do two now, and there, let's bundle the obvious two together and do them. So we're gonna do Final Fantasy VII Crisis Core Reunion. 
then we're going to talk a little bit about Final Fantasy VII itself proper. Ooh, so, nice. oh my. Uh, I decided to play Final Fantasy VII Crisis Core uh, on the PS5. I did this right after GDQ. Um, this is the reunion version. So this is the upgraded. Uh, this is the this is the version with upgraded visuals, everything like that. Um, what Square Enix is doing right now is weird. Like, there's like timeline videos, and you really got to look at all this shit because it's getting confusing now with the remake and how this is all fucking plotting out but from playing crisis core now and having finished it which i'll talk about that in a second uh my my assumption is especially based off the ending and how they didn't really change anything and um kind of how there's some clues in like the there's some clues in what it says afterwards this basically is just a remake of the original crisis core and it goes right into final fantasy 7 og proper which is 1997 this really still doesn't connect to the remake except for the fact of telling you the story of somebody that's going to come back and remake blah 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 suffice to say um crisis core is the story itself is really good i like the story a lot it's interesting it's unique um and it zach's a great character and it's great to show him off and kind of his story and uh give that backstory for final fantasy 7 in general um the gameplay itself is fun really great The, the combat is super crisp it's not quite as fun i think as the remake but it's still fun to play and there's a lot of uh there's, there's some good depth to the combat, and it's enjoyable for sure. Um, the biggest problem with this game, though, is just how fucking dated it is, man. Like, it, it, you know, you can remaster it. You can update it. It's still a PSP game, though, uh, at its core. And that's going to come with all the negatives with it. It just feels very limited in scope. The animations in this game are fucking horrible. The dialogue in this game is, is some of the worst fucking dialogue I've heard in a long time, man. Like, it's just unbearable sometimes for me in this game. Um, and, and the, the voice acting, I, I already didn't really like the voice acting in final fantasy seven remake, except for a couple of characters. Uh, it's worse in this game. So the, the, for that to be the case is just Jesus Christ for me. I, I just did not like that. So a lot of that stuff kind of brought down the experience for me overall, even though I really do like the story of final fantasy seven, uh, uh, crisis core at its core. Um, I think it's a great story, uh, telling that, and it is well, it's, it's going to be even more, it's weird because it doesn't really, this is, doesn't tie into remake, but it does because like this, this is the prequel for final fantasy seven OG. And, but it's going to be even more important for remake because they're fucking around with it and changing it. If that makes sense. Anyways, the whole thing's so fucking confusing. Um, but yeah, it's still, the story's great. It bangs. It's good to know who Zach is and everything like that. And it gives really good backstory for final fantasy seven OG at least. And it's going to be, a lot more critical, I think, to know who these people are for, for remake. So yeah, solid game, fun to play. Uh, I just wasn't in love with a lot of it. That's all. All right. So Crisis Core, I totally played this on PSP. I want to say like 2009 or 2010. I remember liking it. I don't think that's accurate anymore because another game that I very much liked on PSP was Kingdom Hearts Birth by Sleep. And then I replayed that in 2018 or 2019. And I was like, wow, this is a PSP game. I want to fucking die because this isn't on the PSP. This is fucking terrible. So hearing that this is just a prettified, I don't care if that's a word. It's a word now. It's prettified PSP game. My brain just kind of goes, oh, man, I, oh, I still have the other steelbook. I will buy the game eventually when it's like 10 or 20. And because, you know, that's 
I'm not going to buy a new game if I'm not going to play it immediately. But at 10 or 20, it's like, yeah, sure, you can stay in my in my cabinet and torture me over the fact that I'm probably never going to play you. Sure, why not? 10 or 20? Sure. And I still have the Steelbook, so when I buy the game and I have the Steelbook, I sell that shit for like 90 or or $100, considering how rare this Steelbook is. Oh, boy, we're going to be planning out for this one. But, yeah, uh, by the way, I would contend that what you said about Final Fantasy VII Remake is spoilers, but I am not going to do any editing, so I will just write it in the description. Uh, yeah, it, it, it might be, but it's it, that game's so fucking complicated, man. I don't know what's spoilers and what's not, I honestly. could explain it, but I'm not but, going to. No, no, I know you can explain it. It's just... It's just there's it 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 just it it just gives me a headache thinking about it. I know I I know it is technically spoilers, but the entire thing is such a fucking headache. It's like Jesus Christ. I it's just going in so many different directions at this point now. Uh, anyways, you're probably right, so yeah, just put a fucking notice in there. Here's the thing, since I'm editing the description to say spoilers, I'm going to go ahead and talk spoilers. Um the ending with Zack getting fucking destroyed by 5 billion men with yeah, guns. Destroyed. destroyed fucking demolished i don't know how this man isn't fucking swiss cheese and still being able to talk because <laughs> this man should be sounding like oh because his head got fucking blown off by the goddamn ak's that those men were holding um anyways i don't know what i was saying i just wanted to say that i don't think my joke was leading anywhere uh no. crisis core i'm scared when i get to it because i'm going to be killing another mo- game that i probably held dearly in my memory at a time Fair enough. It's like a 6.5 out of 10 for me. Um, and then that leads into Final Fantasy VII OG. So what what that game accomplished was like, man, I really want to go back and play fucking Final Fantasy VII now. Because even at the end, I don't think this is a spoiler, but we already said spoilers, so fuck it. Um, mm-hmm. Even at the very end of the game, so they change like the intro. Okay. Do you know how in Final Fantasy VII Remake you get the famous uh, intro cutscene of like Aerith kind of bending down with the flowers? You know that whole thing? Of course, of course. Yeah. So they it's if you if you if you take a video comparison of that and compare it to the og final fantasy 7 it's different like they've changed some things in crisis core they actually do they they redo that shot but they make it more similar to the og final fantasy 7 if that makes sense and then it basically says right after that continue the adventure in final fantasy 7 not final fantasy 7 remake all that okay. to be said. I'm just going to go ahead and explain it a little more. The sure. idea is that Aerith somehow, who already has knowledge of all of Final Fantasy VII, that Aerith who has all the knowledge of that is a different point of time. No, never mind. If I say that, that gets really confusing. Let's just say that the Aerith at the beginning of Final Fantasy VII Remake already knows about everything in Crisis Core and Final Fantasy VII. There we go. That- that's the easiest way to say it. Correct. Anyways, that that and I agree with that. That that makes sense. Yes, um, anyways, she whole, knows whole, shit. She absolutely knows shit in remake. Well, she knows shit for sure. But anyways, the whole point is Crisis Crisis Core is clearly just saying, hey, we're this is still the prequel to the OG Final Fantasy VII. Here you go. So Final Fantasy VII itself, uh, I was like, well, now I really want to fucking play this again because obviously I haven't played this game since I was a fucking kid. Um, but this game holds so many fucking insane memories to me. So I've been slowly replaying through it on my deck. Steam Deck, the plan is I will just pick it up and play it for like maybe an hour every other night um, or in between big releases when I need something to play. And that's kind of what I've been doing with it. 
Uh, I love the game. I think the game's fantastic. Uh, it, it still holds up incredibly well for me. I'm sure so much of that is nostalgia, but I don't give a shit. I love the game nonetheless. Uh, yeah, man, it's just, it's great to me. It's exactly what I want right now. And it's a perfect side game. So it's a long game. It's gonna take me a while to beat it. Uh, I don't know if I'll mention it every week I'm playing it because I don't know when I'm going to be done it, but, uh, I'll definitely talk about it again. Um, once I finished it, but, uh, yeah, no, I really, uh, really enjoying my time with it so far. It's a classic. Um, and I would, if I can at all possible, like get it finished before, well, and I think I should be able to, um, get it finished before, uh, uh, Final Fantasy VII Remake 2. What's it called? What's the subtext for it? Uh, Rebirth? Rebirth or whatever the fuck it is. I, I want to get it done before Rebirth, which uh, Square Enix is it's coming this year. I'll fucking believe that shit when I see it, but uh, w- we'll see. But uh, yeah, I want to get it done before that so I can be really fresh going into that and uh, be ready for whatever fuckery they do in the next chapter. Yeah. Uh, so Final Fantasy VII, man. I don't even remember if I even talked about this game at all. I don't know. But anyways, let's just start more recent. I've gotten not even outside of remake content uh, in uh, Final Fantasy seven, just base game. Uh, It's on my switch. Honestly, the thing that keeps me from going back to it is I know I can just play that game with cheats, but I would want to mainline that game just hard. Like I just I just want to get through the story. I'm fine. But that's counterintuitive considering that I'd want the characters and I know that side questing, but also in that same vein, I don't want to play that game naturally. I just want to be pointed in a direction so I can get all the content that I need story wise, get to the end and then be done. But I also don't want to play this game with a walkthrough just standing by. So that kind of like freezes me in time for being able to play. I tried it multiple times. One of the earliest things that I did on PSP was hacking uh, a PS1 copy of it on there. And it was like, whoa, it booted it up. It actually worked. I'm not playing this. I just needed to prove that it booted. Yay. So then I installed it on my Vita. And then I just I was like, oh, my God, look, it's installed and never did anything with it. And I want to say that me having it on the switch is actually the closest that I've gotten to playing it properly but even then it doesn't feel right because like man i really don't want to deal with this game and i'm pretty sure at some point i'll have to grind so fuck it i'm just going to turn on triple speed and turn on infinite limit bursts i don't want to deal with this so it's a game that it's like i would be playing just for the story and the like the actual information that's in it instead of actually playing the game so my brain's like well if i'm doing that wouldn't just a YouTube video kind of cover it? So, yeah, Final Fantasy VII. I should really play you, but I am kneecapping you so hard at every direction where it's like, is it even worth me playing you? So, yeah, I'm so sorry, Final Fantasy VII. Final, eh, Final Fantasy VII. Music bangs, though. That's my my score. It's music bangs out of 10. God, that fucking battle music. You hear that? It's just like, yeah, I want to fight. And then you get one shot and you're like, God damn it. I don't want to fight. Turn (laughs) on limit breaks. (laughs) True. All right. Okay. Um, Golf with your friends. This one's going to be a very quick one. Uh, We we got some some friends. We got Moki. We got 
herb. We got poot. We were hanging around. And, you know, what do the boys do when they don't want to be gay and kick up their feet and be talking on the phone? You play games, so it's a whole lot less gay. Uh, so we played golf with your friends. It is a <laughs> Game Pass trash um, game that, you know, it lives up to its title. Yeah, golf with your friends. It's physics based. It is actually kind of fun. It's perfect for this. Uh, it's perfect for I want to talk with the boys, but I don't want to be seen as gay. So you just golf with your friends. Golf with your friends. Who knows if I'm ever going to talk about it. Maybe if the boys want to play again, but that's about it. I don't know if there's much to say. It's physics based. It's golf. You got Game Pass and you got some friends. It's perfect. Golf with your friends. You get what you get out of 10. Yeah, it sounds horrible. Uh, I, I got nothing. <laughs> but here's the thing: the, the golfing, it, it, it's it's a, got a little bit of jank to it, so that's what makes it fun. Yeah, the the, the chortles that can be had with the boys for sure. That is true. That that's that's that just makes life worth it. That's it. That's all I got. Your turn. <laughs> uh, all right. Uh, fuck social. Uh, social. So being social out of ten. Yes. Mm-hmm. Fuck social out of ten. Yeah. Uh, all right. Uh, let's talk about Dead Space uh, just because I'm not that far into it. So I'm going to talk about it more next week. But yeah, playing the Dead Space remake, the 2023, obviously, just this released year from Visceral. No, not from Visceral Games. I mean, it was originally Rip. made by Visceral Rip. Games. Rip Visceral. Uh, this is obviously made by Motive Studio, the wonderful Canadian EA studio. Um, they are taking the torch here for this game. Um, and so far it bangs, man. It's really great. It's a remake, obviously done with an incredible amount of care. Um, I'm not, it's not perfect yet though, or it's not perfect so far. I should say, um, I'm still not completely sold on the decision to make Isaac a talking protagonist, which is weird for me. I usually do like the talking protagonists more and I, and I feel it's more cinematic, obviously more story-based, but there was something just so creepy, but kind of cool about Isaac just being this really quiet engineer dude who just fucked things up. And it, it, he does, he doesn't like chatter during gameplay. It's not like, Oh man, I should really try to slice off their limbs. That could help me out here. You know, it's not a Sony classic game. He's not going like oh, that, <laughs> but he is talking in cutscenes and, you know, progressing the story. So it's not bad. It's not ruining the game or anything for me. I'm not like that, but it's just an interesting change when I'm not fully on board with yet. Um, but it's not bad. Uh, everything else, though, man, the game is fucking gorgeous. I am playing in the very cinematic 30 frames per second uh, 4K uh, with uh, ray tracing mode. It's the first ray tracing game that's made me go, ooh, it's pretty. It's really pretty because everything's so fucking dark and the way the light shines. It's fucking gorgeous in this game. It looks stunning. So they did a great job with all of the visuals here. The gameplay still feels really good to me. Like, I don't know how much they've actually changed since the original version. I, I did play it. It's been ages ago, though. Um, but it feels great still. Like it's great. It's it's, just, it's a unique spin on the survival horror concept because you still have your inventory slots and everything like that, but you're trying to hack off limbs instead of just go for headshots. So it's definitely very different. And, uh, you know, you, you curb stomp everything you walk on because you never know when the jump seer is coming. So it's great. Uh, it, it holds up incredibly well, maybe even better than when it first came out. Um, and I can't wait to play more of it. So great stuff so far. Dead Space has beaten the allegations. I will be playing this game at some point. I'm going to say 
$30, maybe 40 maybe I crack even sooner at 50 I don't know, I'm not really planning this, but Dead Space has piqued my interest in considering that it is a short jaunt of a game, it makes me think, at whatever price point I get it at, it will probably become priority. I don't really know at what price I'm looking at, the problem is I just... It really needs to be a game that I'm like, I need to play this now for me to do full price again. So Dead Space, I am happy that you were a good remake and I don't have to go to the PS3. I almost said go back to the PS3, which is a lie because let's be honest, I like going back to the PS3. I would have had no problem with going back to the PS3. But it's there. Sure, why not? I don't, I, I can not use a DS3 for it. That's okay. That's fine. So yeah, I will get there out of 10. Excellent. Oh, uh, your, oh that's my turn. Um, Majora's Mask is here, but I want to push that. Uh, actually, no, no. let's get this out of the way because there's going to be a lot of words, I assume, here. So let's get the dick sucking out somewhere where we still have time instead of me rushing at the end. So Majora's Mask. All right. Now, this game, I've been playing it since 2019. It was definitely pre-COVID. It was definitely while I was still going into office. Um, what I would do is that during my lunch break, because I don't want to talk to my coworkers. Who wants to talk to their coworkers? Just leave me alone. I don't want to socialize. Just, eh. So I would go. I'd find like a little corner to go hang out with, and I would just play Majora's Mask. And oh my god, Majora's Mask kicks so much ass. I okay. So here's what I'm gonna say. Uh, so okay, I've been playing it on three in, on the 3DS, so maybe it doesn't exactly apply, but I still feel like it kind of does. Which is that for Ocarina of Time and Majora's Mask, the way they look on N64, my brain has kind of fixed it, so they don't even look old to me. The way that my brain now looks at it is that oh, this game is just a paper mache art style. I don't exactly know how it works with my brain or anything like that. But now whenever I see it, it looks kind of like a fairy tale. Like it looks like paper mache. And I'm like, oh, I kind of dig the way this looks. So in that same vein, Majora's Mask with me already looking at it like that and considering just how still kid friendly it can be. But considering how dark and twisted it touches, it's one of those things that it makes me really like it because it reminds me of when PG-13 didn't exist and you had movies that were PG that were really fucked up. Because, like, just imagine Temple of Doom and that that guy just ripping out another dude's heart out. And it's like, oh, that's PG, huh? I don't know. Kids should be here. I mean, Indiana Jones never drops the F-bomb, so I don't know if, you know, this one should have gotten an R, but there should definitely be something there. Uh, one of the biggest mistakes ever is introducing PG-13, but that's a completely different thing because it takes away from the art, whatever. And that's a completely different thing. I do love Majora's Mask because I love that dark tone it touches i just oh my god i dig it i love the music and how it's infected with that just every single piece of this game feels like it is 
it's not accurate, but there's something about the desperation in this game. It almost feels like, oh, yeah, we're the sequel to Ocarina of Time. One of the games that's considered one of the greatest games of all time, even at the time of release. And we have to create a sequel in a year to that. <sighs> and that feeling is kind of what I can sense in Majora's Mask, and that's what I dig about it. It feels like there's just this desperation and sadness to it, but it never feels like it's falling into the minutiae of that depression. It just sort of feels like, uh, we kind of have to do it, so let's keep going! And I love it. I love it. Now, the thing I had to mention is that this game... I really left like four or five hours left in the game. Um, when I booted it up, I went to go check how many hours I've had. And I had like 40 hours into the game. And when I got back to it, my thought process was like, oh, I'm going to come back. And there's probably going to be a couple of side quests that I still need to do. Nope. No, I finished every single side quest. Um, I got every single mask. There was only one mask that I was missing that isn't required to get the final mask, which is the Fierce Deity mask. So pretty much I had gotten all the side quest masks, and there was only two main story masks that I hadn't gotten. And I was like, oh, man, I just need to beat the game. And I did. And damn, man, that thing is fucking awesome. It actually kind of makes me sad that I did... Here's the thing. I wouldn't take it back because this seems like the best way for me to play it because I would lose so much motivation if I beat the game and then went back to um, do all the side quests. So I'm still happy I did all the side quests before beating the game. But with that all said, it made me sad that by the time that I got to fight the Majora's Mask, I was so OP that I intentionally had to not use the Great Fairy Sword and that I didn't use the Fierce Deity Mask. It wasn't until like the final phase that I'm like, oh, no, 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 no. I want to use these because it feels really cool at the moment to use them. But yeah, Majora's Mask. This game is fucking awesome. I love it. It considering that the 3DS is, you know, like it's just that like that's it. That's it. The 3DS is the final line of Nintendo handhelds. And it's cool because when you hack it, you can get pretty much everything from Game Boy all the way to 3DS on there and DS. Like, it's fucking perfect. But that being said, that's it. That's the line. So at this point, it needs to get ported over to the Switch so it has at least a better... I don't even know if better form is right because the 3DS remake... I think it's a good remake, and considering how stupid I am, I feel like it works best for me because the booklet that they give you uh, in-game, the Bomber's Notebook, is so good at tracking everything that I was able to solve most of the side quests myself that I'd say it was like about the final 20% of side quests that I had to look up a guide to do. But like I did a majority of them, and that made me so happy because without that book, I would have completely forgotten. I would have not been able to keep track of anything. I'm an idiot. I'm glad that thing was there. But... I do know that apparently the bosses are way less dynamic in the 3D remake than they were in the original. So what I, I'm not going to say, oh, we need to have the best version ported over to the Switch, and that's the way that people play it. 
I just want both options to be available to people instead of needing to go back to the N64 version. And if they're stupid like me, it's like, oh, yeah, so this guy passes at 10 a.m. on the second day. And then you come back the next day. You're like, oh, when does this man pass by? I should have kept a goddamn notebook for this, which, you know, not a bad idea. But considering how stupid I am, I am about being able to stick to a game and just stick to it. Like, my memory is not good. Even if I stick to a game, actually. Even if I stick to a game, I'm not going to remember stuff like that. So, yes. Majora's Mask 3D, great. Awesome. I rearranged my list of favorite games. Um, I'm going to go ahead and read them off. But the main thing that I have on here that's changed is that Majora's Mask has now been moved to number nine. Uh, it was already on my list of favorites even before I did the final four or five hours just because I knew I loved the entire tone of the game. And I'm pretty sure the ending wasn't going to really change the tone and make everything I had played up to that point retroactively bad. So anyways, the top ten. Nier Automata. Journey. Metal Gear Solid 3. Shadow of the Colossus. Elden Ring. Red Dead Redemption 2, Metal Gear Solid 2, Near Replicant version 1.2, Majora's Mask 3D, Uncharted 4. So, Majora's Mask 3D, I fucking love it. And honestly, if I ever think about replaying this game, I might do the N64 one, and it might just be a mainline, because I'm not doing all the side quests again without my book, because I'm an idiot. So, yeah, Majora's Mask 3D. Fucking loved it out of ten. Yeah, Majora's Mask. Um, long, long been one of my favorite Zelda games. Um, excuse me. <laughs> um, and N sixty four games overall. It's really, really, um, really well made. I think uh, it's just like you said. It's kind of the, it's so much darker than any of the other Zelda games, and just the kind of that feel of you can really definitely feel that they had to cr- crunch the hell to get that one done. Yeah. Um, and they managed to make such a masterpiece out of it. Um, I still like Wind Waker more. Wind Waker is my favorite Zelda game, but uh, Majora's Mask is not far off that. In fact, you talking about it just in the in the Discord over the last couple of weeks, it's really made me want to find a fucking uh, 2DS or 3DS XL just so I can play that fucker again because it's such a classic game. Yeah. Um, and just, yeah, it's just incredible stuff. So, yeah, just keep all the praise on that. You know, that's back when I loved Zelda. That, that whole time period of Ocarina of Time into... Um, ocarina of time into majora's mask into wind waker there's just three tremendous fucking games that i love and appreciate so much uh all three of those games for different reasons and even twilight princess which was never my favorite zelda game but i still like it and uh it was a really good one too at the end of the day even if i don't quite hold in the same affinity those other three so yeah no it's majora's mask is phenomenal uh it's a must play and I think what they managed to do with that game and especially overcoming, they overcame a mechanic that I fucking hate so much yeah. in, in the, in the time, in the time constraints and the time shifting, I fucking hate that shit. And they still managed to do a good job with that and make me appreciate that. So that was really cool. If anything in that same vein, just mentioning the time mechanic, I, love the first three-day cycle. I love it because the 
tone that it hits, you genuinely feel like the moon is going to crash on you. You know it's not because, you know, it'd be fucking wildly insane if it would be a Yoko Taro-ass move to be like, yeah, this video game that you bought, it's 10 minutes long, but these 10 minutes longs are going to suck. They're going to fuck so hard that you're going to think this is awesome, but you're still probably going to complain because like, ah, shit, I spent money on this. Why is it only 10 minutes? Imagine if Majora's Mask literally ended after the first three-day cycle. That'd be fucking insane. Okay, but what I was saying was that that first three-day cycle when you can't go back and you fight Majora's Mask and you fight Skull Kid and the moon crushes you and it's like, no, 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 hold on. We have the time. We, we, ha we have the song of time. We can go back. It is so fucking awesome those first three days because it is the most prescient that you feel the entire game. And then afterwards, it's time management, and, you know, it's like, oh, my God, okay, I'm kind of worried about all this. But what I'll say is that those first three days are so fucking cool in the game that later on, it's it's one of those things where it's like, I would not want that feeling the entire game. But just punching me in the face with it very quickly makes me love it and then it quickly becoming you making time it's your bitch it's 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 awesome i love it oh my god i love it also another thing that i specifically have to shout out shout out to the um uh the wedding side quest that side quest is fucking awesome oh my god i don't want to say anything about it but like there is so much love and effort put into that one that when I found out later on that the developers were making that side quest, they made that side quest because they went to another developer's wedding. And I don't remember what it was. I think they were all like completely stressed about development time. They're like, man, I, why are we here? Like, we have to get this game out. Why are we wasting our time here? And I think they came to the consensus. They're like, well, I mean, we need a break. We need at least a little bit of happiness, even though this is over our head. And they're like, oh, my God, put that in the game. Put that in the game. We're having such a terrible time developing this game, but we're still here happy. Oh, my God, put that in the fucking game. And they did. And it translates perfectly. It's it's awesome. I ugh. another thing. Shout out to the day three music track in Clocktown. The way that the music speeds up and it has these little undertones underneath it. Oh, it's so fucking good. But especially shout out to the final six hours in Clocktown because the music shifts and it's suddenly terrible and you get to visit every single, well, you can if you want to, but you visit every single person in Clocktown and all of them are like, oh, we're going to fucking die because the moon has an evil face and it's going to destroy us all. And I love it. Oh my Majora's Mask fucking ah out of ten. Yeah, it's a pretty pretty dang good game out of ten. I'll, I'll mm. agree there. It's a it's a solid game. <laughs> right. Now, your turn. I have four left. Uh how many do I have? One, two, three. I have five left. Okay. Um, and we share one, so there we go. Uh, okay. Uh, since you just sucked off a game uh, profusely, allow me oh, to yeah. suck off a game profusely. And uh, we're going to talk about Castlevania Symphony of the Night. Uh, this is the 1997 banger from Konami uh, on the PlayStation 1, that their entertainment system. Um, yeah, this game. So I've never played this game. This is one that has uh, missed me throughout the years. 
This is one that I feel like I should have played when I was a kid and have that crazy nostalgia for, but I don't. So I played this for the first time. I loaded it up on my deck. I finished, um, what was it? Um, Virtue's Last Reward. I finished that slightly early before the end of the marathon. So I was just not going to play anything and wait for Crisis Core because I was like, yeah, Crisis Core soon. I'm like, you know what? Let's fire up Sympathy of the Night. I have it uh, emulated here on the old Steam Deck. Give that a shot. Um, and I ended up playing it until I finished it. This is such a special video game. It's incredible. It's the best Metroidvania game I've ever played. The only game that even comes close to me is Super Metroid. Um, and I feel like even Super Metroid, I love Super Metroid, but I feel like some of that's nostalgia. And I think this is just flat out better. This game is just fucking brimming with secrets. It's brimming with just fucking replayability. There's so much to find here and to discover by yourself. There's so many cool little tricks you can do and things you can shortcuts you can find. And is it just it, it rewards you so much for exploration. Uh, the fucking cheesy ass voice dialogue is great. Like whenever you get the fucking, you know, what is a man but a miserable pile of secrets. It's fucking fantastic. It's hilarious. It's, it's just so good. Um, the combat is fun. I mean, it's not anything fucking in depth, but the boss fights feel great and they feel so much fun to play. The considering this game was made in 1997, they made the perfect choice for art style because this art style still holds up so well and is fucking beautiful. I'm already a sucker for like that gothic kind of look, but it's just so fucking painstakingly like animated and well done in this game and it holds up even today. This is just a tremendous game. It's nearly perfect. I have a very strict rule that I don't rank games before 2000. I feel like I have to have a cutoff point at some point. Um, otherwise, I'm going back. I'm trying to dig through nostalgia and figure things out. And that gets a little bit more difficult for me. Um, but if I didn't have that rule, this game would be in my top 10 games of all time. And it absolutely is. It's just not going to be on a formal list. But I fucking love this game. I think it's spectacular. And it's really like, I no shit, like this is a stupid thing to say, but this is a Metroidvania genre defining game. And of course it's in the fucking name. So duh. But um, yeah, it's just what this game managed to do for that genre is nothing short of incredible. And every game that has followed suit in that genre since then should thank Castlevania. Uh, because this was just tremendous shit and it makes me sad that that basically ip is basically dead now thanks to konami because you know i want to go back now and play some of the older castlevania games and and rondo of bloods there too which is similar style to this although way harder i've heard and i want to touch on those one day because uh, this was just such a fantastic experience for me hey you know everything i said about final fantasy 7 about how i would install this game and be like well my god it runs and then i just never touch it yeah 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 Swear to God, I'll get here at some point. I swear to God, I'll get there at some point. Oh my God, it's on my PS3. It's on a. It's on my PS TV. It's on my Vita. I swear to God, I'll get to this. I even installed the one Game Boy Advance game that people are like, "Oh yeah, this is the one that came after. That's the best one." So I, oh boy, Castlevania and Metroid. I love your genre. I should at least. Just read the, the the original text at some point. <sighs> yeah, I think it. that's I think that's what's so cool about this 
specifically the Metroidvania genre, though, I feel like those games more than any are equipped to hold up over time, too, because just the concept and how they're laid out usually and, you know, how how the art style works for a lot of those games, I feel like they can hold up really well. And oh, yeah. uh, I think that's proof in the pudding from Super Metroid, which would have been like 94, I think, around 93 or 94. And uh, Sympathy of the Night, which was 97. These games, they just, they're not going to, they're not going to really feel bad ever, man. Like, it's just incredible yeah. what they managed to do with that game. Um, and it's so incredibly unique and special. Playing through this game was just a joy. Like, every little thing I'd discover, it never felt boring to me. You always felt like you were exploring something. I only really used a guide a couple of times. Like, I knew I had to get certain items to find the true endings. So, um, I, I did that. I used the guide there and then I was having trouble finding a boss at one point. So I used a guide there. But other than that, like I let myself just explore and find things naturally. And the game's really good at that. It's not too confusing. You can always kind of figure out where you're going at some point. And even if you're not going the right way, you're probably going to find something worthwhile by exploring, whether it's a new, you know, maxed health potion or, um, mm. or more magic. Like there's always something waiting for you if you explore. So, and just, that is the mark of a good Metroidvania. Yeah, absolutely. Um, and it's just tremendous. So definitely enjoyed that. It, it's it, when, when, and I've always been very hit or miss with Metroidvanias, but when it's like that, it hits so fucking hard for me. Ori kind of did the same thing to, to a lesser level, but I really do like Ori too. Um, and I still got to, I still going to give Hollow Knight a shot at some point. I have no idea where I'm going to land on that fucker, but uh, God, I guess that is we'll why. I almost feel yeah. like maybe the atmosphere, if the atmosphere pulls you through and considering like Cuphead is right there. So like 2D hard for some reason can work for you. Yeah, so, no, for sure. So I can, I can hard will, I can deal with hard, but it, something else has got to pull me, you know, with Cuphead, a lot of it was, I love that, the animation style and the gameplay was just super fun to me. Um, if Cup, if Cuphead, if um, Hollow Knight can give me atmosphere, that's a big one. That's a fucking big one for me. I'm a big fan of atmosphere and being drawn in that way. So we'll see. It's definitely on my list to do now. And, you know, Sympathy of the Night's like bump, bumped it up a little further, probably. So, yeah. Sympathy of the Night, I'm so sorry. Metroid Dread, <laughs> Metroid Fusion, I'm so sorry to all of you. I'd probably play Hollow Knight before I play you guys because I need to have trophies to prove that I'm a real gamer. <sighs> Out of 10. Okay. Perfect. My turn. My turn. Drive. Drive is on the shelf. I bought like a $90 steel book. I finally bought that nice one from Hong Kong. I ordered using some money that I used from selling stuff to buy Drive in 4K. I rewatched it. Damn it, man. This movie's a fucking vibe. Oh, my God. I love the music. I just uh, I don't even know if there's that much I can say about it because I feel like we've talked about it before. You're right. Yeah, and also oh, I feel yeah, like we've talked about uh, it at least a couple of times already. Yeah, so like Drive, this movie is just uh, there's a term that with having recently watched some um, Tarantino movies that effortlessly cool. If you can hit effortlessly cool, oh god, I thank you, thank you. Anytime you can do that, I love you. So. Yeah, I don't know. For some reason, I just feel like I don't know how much I can say about it. Besides, yeah, this is good. Damn it. This is this is the wheels are falling off moment right now. But yeah, drive fun. It on the shelf. Big dumb. 
No, I think we we've talked about it a couple times before. So, like I know we I watched it and then you rewatched it before you sent me the steel book. So, we've definitely already talked about this movie a lot. It's a fantastic movie. Ryan Gosling is just fucking cool in his little jacket. Um yeah, I mean, watch this movie if you haven't. It's great shit. Eight out of four to five. I'm so sorry, Drive. I just we've given you enough justice that we kind of screw you over here, I guess. Um, okay, I got three left, and I'm pretty sure we're gonna sh- like you said, we're gonna share that last one, so yeah. So I still got four, so we're bouncing back and forth, still pretty mm-hmm. good. Uh, talk about the third man. So this was directed in 1949 by Carol Reed, starring Joseph Cotton Valley, Orson Welles, and Trevor Howard. Um, oh, this movie's pretty famous. It's a pretty famous movie. Really, really well regarded. Um, It's fantastic. I totally understand it. Again, we're talking about movies that are way fucking ahead of their time. This is definitely one of them. Uh, Really interesting story about a guy who basically comes to visit his childhood buddy only to find out that he is dead. Um, And he starts getting not not crazy, but starts feeling something's up because uh, because every because, you know, it was supposed to be an accident, supposed to be hit by a car. But there's accounts that there was a third man at the scene of the crime oh, and no one has accounted for him. So really good stuff here, man. This has got one of the most famous um, introductions. It's unfortunately been spoiled for a lot of people. It's never spoiled for me. I watched this. I was like, oh, my God, that has got to be iconic. I Googled it after. Sure enough, it's pretty fucking iconic. <laughs> Turns out it wasn't just me thinking that. Um, and I'm glad I wasn't spoiled on it because it's such a fucking cool, cool little thing. Um, hold on. My Google Home's going off for some reason. I'm not sure why. Google, shut up. Google? Google? Are you done? Google. Fuck off. Google, shut (laughs) up. It was bizarre. That thing likes to go off on its own sometimes. It's kind of creepy. Anyways. Yeah, so uh, this was just a great fucking movie. It, it's so well made. I'm actually very salty because this someone this is somehow even more rarer than the um than the Rosemary's Baby criterion. Like this criterion is so fucking hard to find. It's outrageously expensive, uh, and this sucks. This would have been an easy grab for me. Um, so hopefully they get a reprint on it one day or it shows up somewhere else because I would definitely like to own this one for my collection. I feel like this is just a classic. So really great movie. Mm-hmm. I already forgot what you were talking about. I'm stupid. What was it? Third man. Third man. Oh, okay. Thank you. Okay. All right. Then. Cool. Cool. Awesome. Third man. God, God damn it, man. Uh, I'll watch it at some point. Hey, Maltese Falcon. You're over there, too. Out of 10. It's a good movie, too. Yeah. Solid movie. God damn it, man. Hi Fi Rush. Yeah, I've done. I think they the chapter breaks are technically called tracks. Yeah, you know what? This is a fun game. I'm a big fan. Okay, though, at least I'm gonna go ahead and go deeper into it in a certain direction. Watching the um the Xbox thing, whatever live stream something. Uh, immediately this game turned me off, and I still even after playing the first track, I still kind of don't like the way it looks. Uh, the best way to describe it is that, you know, I, mean, I don't think you, you've seen this, but maybe other people have seen where a, a show is trying to look 2D, but then it makes a movement and you can tell it's 3D. And at least for me, it's super jarring whenever that happens and it bothers me. And this game 
is just it just has that look the entire time. It just has that look of like, oh, it's a 2D and then it turns into a 3D. It's like, yeah, and it kind of bothers me. But also the music in this game fucks so hard and just the I guess even not even pace is the right term because it, it like I guess the moment to moment. The moment-to-moment in this game feels so good because the music is driving everything. And if there's anything that we know about me, it's that I am super, like, I am just such a whore for music. So this entire game just being about the beat and the music just is speaking to me, which is why I will get back to it. As you can see, there's a lot of games that I'm playing right now. And it's like, oh, man, just... Oh, man, just um, I don't know, man. My focus is really split. But again, there's a game at the end here that I'll talk about. That is, uh, you know what? Fuck it. I'm just throwing. Wait, how many things do you have left? Not including Tar? Uh, two more. Two. All right. Well, fuck it. I'm going to go ahead and throw Skyward Sword in here and I'll just segue right into that. But High Fire Rush. I want to get back to it. I even moved it over to like the theater room setup. I I knew immediately when I started this game, I knew it was going to be very musical. So I decided I'm going to play this on the theater room. I'm going to play this with the sound system. And yes, it's very good. I want to get back to it. The combat is fun. I suck at this game. I just don't think I have enough rhythm to play it. And I try to play it with rhythm. I try to hold up on my attacks. And every single time I'm scoring like 40 or 50% with attacking on the beat. I'm like, well, I kind of suck at this, but I'm still having fun. So, yeah. So, yeah. High five rush. Yeah, that's a, that's a fun game out of 10. X-Bot, 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 X-Bot. Uh, you know what? It'll still come to PlayStation at some point because it's good. <laughs> there we go. go Fucking go, nailed go. it. Uh, yeah, no, actually, I'm really excited to play this game myself. Um, I, uh, I think, I think it's going to be next after Dead Space. Um, I'm going to get it for Steam Deck, I think. And uh, yeah, I think we're going to play it. So it looks fun. I really, I, I simp for Tango. I really like Tango. Um, I Evil like Within is fun too. series. I, I still have like to play Star Tokyo. I haven't yet, but I'll play that at some yeah. point. We'll see how that one goes. That one seems to be pretty mixed, but um, I do like Tango. So if nothing else, I do want to buy this game um, and support them. So I will buy it and I will probably play it after Dead Space, but looks fun. Tango, good times. But now I'm going to go ahead and segue over to Skyward Sword. Y'all thought I was mixed on Bloodborne. Who boy, you ain't seen nothing yet except with Skyward Sword. All right, Skyward Sword. Oh, my God. Okay, so Majora's Mask. I'm talking about how much I love the the tone of it. Honestly, just it feels like everything is going back into the theme of the game. Skyward Sword feels like it is trying to tell a story. And look, man, I like me some Zelda. I'm kind of digging the idea that they're like, no, 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 we're going to focus a whole lot more on the story. And I got to say, this link is this link is only matched by wind waker link by how expressive he is and it's very weird okay so link still not voiced you have a couple of dialogue choices that are pretty much pointless but whatever it was it was 20 when did that game come out 2011 or so look man mass effects was big okay so like you gotta have your dialogue choices whatever doesn't matter there's sections where he is moving his mouth but he still has no voice but i don't like the idea that 
Link actually speaks. I just kind of prefer that every character just kind of looks at Link and just from reading his face is like, oh, you told me this entire 10 page story about what's been happening so far. And I just kind of prefer that. I don't know. But beyond that, his voice for almost everything that he does sounds so much more outwardly expressive that it's like, oh, man. Link has always been a character, but he's like much more of a character here. And I still think that Wind Waker might be the best example of Link as a character, even though he doesn't say a word. Uh, Zelda, I like that she is way more present in this game instead of, oh, I'm here, Link. Go save me now. I'm going to go get kidnapped now. Bye. I'll see you in 30 hours. I like that she is present so far. I like that their interaction. I like that she's basically girl next door. I have a crush on you, teehee, about Link. I I dig it all, right? Now, the motion controls. I'm I'm getting hard here. I'm getting horny here if you're going to be shooting motion controls. This is fucking weird. That's the thing, man, because like every I've been playing this now for three days. Okay, the first day I was like, oh, okay, this isn't bad. Yeah, the swinging. Yeah, I can kind of get used to this. But there is a huge drawback, right? While I'm playing the game, what would be square? I'm not going to figure out what is X or Y. I don't give a shit. Okay, I've got an I've got a series X behind me and I have a switch behind me. Okay, I don't know what X or Y are. I don't know what A and B are. Shut up. Anyways, whatever square would be, there is a dedicated button to resyncing the controller. And when I saw that, I'm like, oh no, is this going to misread my actions often? The answer is yes. So pretty much now, before I get into any encounter, I start pointing the right joystick at the TV. I hold square to recenter myself to make sure that I'm not dealing with any bullshit. I started doing that on the third day. So the first two days, I just I was like, oh, my God, what the fuck is wrong with these controls? Eventually, I started understanding how to do that. But, oh, my God, the first and second day, the flying is dog shit i hate the flying oh my god why can't you just let me use a joystick so much of skyward sword feels like it is like oh well we need to justify the Wii. we need to justify that we're making a game for this and like it, it doesn't it doesn't justify it but you want to see the other problem this game is was so from the fundamental ground up designed to use motion controls that even using the joystick one at least the the moment that i used it for i use it specifically for the sword combat and the sword combat does not feel good with the joystick but here's the thing the flying pissed me off the combat though i didn't get it the first two days i get it today so the fucking enemies just always block your block your attacks. And it's like, oh, my God, what am I doing? I fucking suck at this. And then I just started thinking, wait a minute. They have a sword vertically. Oh, well, that just means that if they have a sword vertically on the right side, I can just attack them from any other side. And once that clicked, I was like, oh, OK, never mind. I'm having fun now. But. It feels like the the motion controls are shoehorned in and it's like you don't need to do this. This is so dumb. 
there are better ways to do this. I hate that most of the menus are motion controlled. It's like, why are you doing this? You could have just done both. You could have done motion control or you could have done joystick. But hey, it's the Wii, so we got to justify it. It bothers me because it's like the sword fighting is good. The sword fighting is actually good. It's fun. Once I understood it, like, oh my god, I get to swing a sword? This is fucking awesome. And then there are moments where it's where it just loses sync and I have to resync it. And I'm like, I have to use this little beetle to cut strings. And it's like, I hate aiming this thing. I hate flying this thing with a joystick with a Joy-Con. I hate it. But then I have a boss fight at the end of the, the first dungeon. That is just a straight-up sword duel, and I'm like, this is fucking awesome. I want more of this. And then there are more moments where the motion controls piss me off again. But then, but then, you can bowl the bombs. I'm going to repeat that. You can grab the bombs, and you can bowl them. And then I immediately thought... Holy shit, this might be one of the greatest additions to a video game ever. So, this has now been three days. I don't think I'm going to play more today. I'd like to, but I don't think time is going to allow me because I'm recording. That basically takes up most of my free time. I'm so conflicted with this game because it feels like so often this game is pissing me off as much as it is impressing me. I'm going to keep going, but the fact that I keep jostling back and forth between these makes me think I'm probably going to get to the end of the game with this complete feeling of like, oh, you're pissing me off to, oh my god, this is fucking awesome, and just back and forth and just back and forth, and I'm going to get to the end, and I'll be like, yeah, that was the worst Zelda game. I kind of wish they hadn't designed it with motion controls, and then in that same breath, I'll probably say, but I could bowl a bomb, and I could sword fight, so... Yeah, Skyward Sword is in my brain right now. It is gnawing at me, and just it's been taking up my time because I want to finally get to a final consensus, and I feel like what I just said is going to end up being my final consensus on this game. But at the very least, if I get to the end, hey, cool. I knocked out another Zelda game. That's out of the way. And I think that might be the last major 3D Zelda game that I haven't... Yeah, no, no, that's... Yeah, this is it. Yeah, because Ocarina of Time, Majora's Mask, Wind Waker, Twilight Princess, Skyward Sword, Breath of the Wild. And then whenever um, Tears of the Kingdoms come out, yeah, like I'm pretty much done with 3D Zelda. And then after that, I'll probably do Link to the Past, then Link Between Worlds, and then Minish Cap. So, yeah, this is, a, this is one I just need to get out of the way and i am happy that it's not completely terrible and i'm happy that it's not just a good zelda and the reason i'll say that is because it's the formula man like zelda formula is good but i can't overstate that breath of the wild was a good i good move for the for the formula because like the formula since ocarina of time you had kind of that same formula of here's the here's the forest here's the lava here's the water and then that's your temples and then some big moment happens you get more dungeons like i like the formula but i like zelda too much for it to be stale so skyward sword it is the last one of the formula 
and it probably be will be for a while. So it is just a weird game that I need to knock off the list at this point. So yeah, Skywards. Oh wait, hold on. Music fucks absolutely, undeniably. There's there's no question about it. There is one thing that I can praise endlessly, which is the music. The fucking orchestration for this is perfection. So it actually is kind of weird that like this game in three pillars, right? The story, the music, the game. It, the game is like, oh, what am I doing here? Oh, and then other times like, holy shit, I'm in. And then the story, it's like, ah, oh, you know, I'm kind of interested in where you're going here. And the music is completely fucking just like, so this is going to be such a weird game. And I feel like because I don't know where I am with it now, it makes me want to keep playing it. So yeah, Skyward Sword, probably the game out of everything that I've mentioned that I'll probably be pushing harder than anything else I've said. Yeah, fuck this game. Uh, I, <laughs> I, I I think it's well documented how I'm not a fan of Mr. Fubiyasha here. Uh, he I can't believe Sky- you actually remember his name. Like every time that I see his name, like you, I know for a fact you're copying and pasting that shit. Everything while I was saying, you were like director Skyward Sword Breath of the Wild. Yeah, that guy. Let's throw him in Google Google vo- voice so I can hear what his name sounds like. There we go. I'm not gonna fuck it up. <laughs> look, look, look. Uh, this was, I mean, this basically we we are at the height of my I hate Nintendo era here. I, I had just gotten off of the GameCube era, which I it's very popular. Like I like the GameCube. Um, I think it's incredibly overrated, but I do like it. I think there's some good games on the GameCube, and it's still enjoyable. Um, I but then the Wii came out. And I'm just like, man, this fucking sucks. Like, this is a horrible console. I'm sorry to design. I already don't like motion controls. You design a console around this shit and you have some good ideas and some good games that are just fucking handicapped by this. And I probably played like I, I did not finish Skyward Sword. I, I probably played like 10 hours of it and I just dropped it because I fucking couldn't with these controls. I think they're fucking horrendous. I think, and it just, for me, it was like, this just does not feel right. But at least that was a traditional Zelda game, unlike what was to come after, which we'll talk about that eventually. Anyways, um, <laughs> I just can't fucking stand it. So, yeah, no, I, Skyward Sword can fuck off. Um, and, uh, yeah, that's, I mean, yeah, that that's, that's all I gotta say. Right, I don't like uh, it. Yeah. I was gonna say something, but I don't remember anymore. But, yeah, um, uh, Skyward Sword, I'm just glad it's not outright bad. Uh, The only thing I will say is that, like, it feels like whenever a new console has to have a game that uses every single gimmick, it's like, dude, you could have scaled back on this. Like, honestly, the sword fighting would have been enough. If you just did the sword fighting with motion controls and then every once in a while aiming, that would have been good enough. But then every single thing that isn't the sword fighting, it's like, why did you motion control this? I wish you hadn't done this. But then bowling a bomb. So it's like, God damn it. But that one, you should have kept that one. You know that, you know that me of like Mr. Krabs kicking everyone out. And then he points at someone and says, and except you. And then the clown smiles. That's what the bomb bowling feels like. So, ah, Skyward Sword. God damn it. That's all I got. You you go ahead and go for your last two, and then and then Tar. Okay, so let's talk about the latest en- entry in the Searching Universe, and that's Missing, oh, yeah. the 2023 film directed by Nicholas D. Johnson and Will Merrick, starring Storm Reed, 
and uh, Joaquim D. Almeida. Um, so yeah, this is not really a sequel or anything to Searching. It does take place in the same universe, though, and it is the same people that are behind the first movie that are behind this one in terms of writers and stuff like that. Um, I mean, look, if you like Searching, you're going to have some fun with this movie. I don't think it's quite as good as Searching, but it's still really great, and I really had a great time with it. Lots of good little twists and turns in it, stuff I wasn't expecting. They take the the, the concept from the first one of a father looking for his daughter and kind of flip it and have a daughter looking for the mother, which allows for some interesting scenarios. A couple of twists in there, I was just like, yo, what the fuck? Really didn't see him coming. They kept me on my toes the entire time um so yeah it's just a fun ass movie if you haven't seen searching with john cho i think that was in 2018 i believe really great movie went under the radar although i should say went under the radar but it actually did really hit the box office so i don't know if it did but i still haven't like every time i ask somebody like have you seen searching they're like no so i still think enough people haven't seen it very great movie definitely recommend it and uh yeah watch missing too because it's nearly as good it is a good quality movie which i wasn't expecting i was like man why are they doing another one of these but they uh it's very smart and it works really well and uh yeah i'm all in on the uh the searching universe now honestly the gimmick of just working off of screens feels like an idea that you can just do endlessly as long as they have like a good framework to throw it onto like no no, sorry that is the framework as long as they have a good story to throw into that framework so yeah no 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 i am going to watch this eventually the problem is is that i've been feeling very lazy and i don't really want to leave the house so i'm sorry missing i'm glad that you made some of your money back i helped you with searching i was there I will help you get a sequel, goddammit. Don't you start giving me shit. So, yeah, when you hit a streaming service, perhaps I will watch you at a 10. Cool. Uh, next, we got the uplifting comedy Schindler's List. This was a 1983 oh, directed by Steven time. Spielberg. Starring oh, that old chuckster. Ben Kingsley and Ralph Fiennes. What so a fun time for, for the entire family. Oh, yeah. This is just a great movie to throw on uh, to Christmas time and have a good laugh. 1,000%. No, uh, yeah. No, this, this movie is fucking horrible, man. Jesus Christ. I mean, horrifying. Not horrible. It's, it's a masterpiece, obviously. Uh, first time watching it. This is definitely Steven Spielberg's best work. Um, one of the best movies I've ever seen, man. This is so good. Uh, if I'm if I'm making a list of like great movies that I never want to rewatch, this is probably at the top of it, or very close yeah, to the top yeah, of it. Yeah. Um, just spectacularly done from everything, from just the camera work to the performances to the script. Uh, it's just perfectly done. This movie, um, and I there's there's just no way Spielberg ever makes anything as good as this like i love the fablemans i think the fablemans is incredible like it more than most people but this is still better um this is just phenomenal uh it's earned its place in history i mean it's number 21 on the letterbox fucking top 250 list almost top 20 there so it's widely regarded as one of the greatest movies of all time i think it fucking swept at the oscars and won pretty much everything it fucking could deservedly so um, and yeah, I mean, it's Schindler's List. It was great to finally knock that one off my list. Uh, fucking movie was what three hours and fucking ten minutes long. Didn't feel like that. It was just glued to the screen the entire time. Uh, tremendous film. All right, so this is another one of those movies where it feels like I'm not qualified to speak about it because it is that good, and it is well known that it is that good. So anything I say feels like I would be repeating words that other people have said worse. So 
All I say is that uh, Steven Spielberg is the World War II goat. I don't understand how much World War II content can come out of one man. But this man on his resume has Schindler's List, Saving Private Ryan, and Band of Brothers. This man is undefeated, and there is nothing about this man that will ever be defeated. Go ahead and do whatever the fuck you want with cinema, because after 1993, you don't need to do shit ever again, Steven Spielberg, okay? You're good. You're done. You're not wrong. Fucking Dr- Jurassic Park and Schindler's List in the same year. Jesus Christ, man. It's it's quite the uh, quite the double feature. But uh, out of yeah, 10. No. yeah, yeah, five out of five. Uh, Scorsese, cinema at its finest. Just tremendous stuff. Like Ed said, you know, I'm dumb. I can't offer anything better than the conversation that anyone uh, with a brain already has. Tremendous movie. All right. Uh, you want to know what else is cinema? Horror. Not video games. Not video games that's for sure tar <laughs> let's go my god let's just get this out of the way this is a great movie um kate blanchett deserves whatever award she gets because yeah. i don't know who else has gotten nominated and whoever they are i doubt they would deserve it so, even the nomination they don't deserve it they should have just nominated kate blanchett five times okay <laughs> And then yeah, still, they, the Academy will still fuck up and like somehow give the award to someone else, even if she was nominated five times. Um, anyways, Tar is incredible, and it's not even a movie that's like just hard anchored by a great performance. It is just everything about this movie that is just shot perfectly. Like everything. Oh my god, I loved being very cognizant of how most of the camera was moving, and the ending just is a fucking jaw dropper and it's hilarious oh my god it's perfect so but yeah tar great phenomenal movie that's all that's all we'll say because like i know i want to go into spoilers so your turn yeah i mean i've talked about this once obviously surface level because i haven't seen it yet uh i double featured this in the banshees of finish here and so fucking great double feature movies But um, yeah, this was fucking, this is a tremendous movie. I just rewatched it before recording. Uh, it holds up incredibly well. Kate Blanchett. Look, I loved um, Michelle Yee in uh, Everything Everywhere All at Once. In any other year, I would say give her the Oscar. Unfortunately, Kate Blanchett just decided to make a re- uh, fake ass person real. And that's all I can really say mm-hmm. because her performance is fucking incredible. And like now I think you maybe you understand where I was coming from with the whole when I mentioned uh, on the Tendies episode, you know, Brendan Fraser had to do a little bit more with his performance. He didn't have as much to work with. Tar is a fucking tremendous movie. Don't get me wrong. She embodies Lydia Tar um, and is absolutely incredible in that role and makes this movie. But the script here is so good and smart. And this is just such a fucking phenomenal, phenomenal idea for a movie that's just Oh, I, I could shower praise on this movie all year. This is like top five movie of the year for me. I think it's incredible. But yeah, we can go into spoilers like you. I'm incredibly positive on this movie. Must watch one of the best movies of the year. All right. Uh, best actress in the leading role. Kate Blanchett in Tar. Another Armas in Blonde. Andrea Riseborough in To Leslie. I'm pretty sure no one's ever actually seen that movie. Michelle Williams in The Fablemans. And Michelle Yeoh in Everything Everywhere All at Once. Yeah, I'd happily eliminate the ones that I've seen here for Kate Blanchett. I'm sorry, Michelle yeah. Williams. I didn't see you in The Fablemans. You're the only one that mm, maybe, great. but also look, doubt. Look, she was really, really great in The Fablemans. I... 
I'm more surprised. Like, I mean, Angela Bassett's kind of got Best Supporting Actress locked down, I guess, too. But Kate Blanchett so has Best Actress locked down. I think you would have had a better time campaigning her as Best Supporting Actress, and they probably should have. But her performance is really good in The Fablements, too. Like, I loved her. But Kate Blanchett's just on another fucking plane for the female nominations this year. She's so fucking good. Like, it's just stupid. By the way, what you said uh, about her playing a fictional character. Yeah, no, no. I was totally convinced in like the first 20 or 10 or 20 minutes. I'm like, is this a real person, huh? Yeah. Like, is this a real person? That's how good it is. That's how good she is. Like, you you really, like, you want to Google and be like, wait, Lydia Tara, who was this? <laughs> no, I was just like, dude, I can't believe it. Like, this woman out here, like, COVID ruined her times? Like, what's going on here? And then I get further. I'm like, oh, wait, no. No, she's not actually real. Wow, this is actually... Uh, I don't. We're going to go to spoilers. Three, two, one. If you're a parent and you're listening to this, I wholly recommend to start diving for your for your phone or whatever. Um, finding out that Kate Blanchett was like Lydia Tarr was not real was on the same level as finding out that Santa wasn't real. Like I was like, what? huh? Like I felt heartbroken. I was like, I thought this was a real person. She, she's not. I want to hear her composing, though, which reminds me, the movie cucks you the entire time. I'm like, dude, yeah. I just want to hear her compose. <laughs> I was so, so ready for the end of the movie to just be like 10 minutes of her composing her ass off. And I'm like, <gasps> oh, my God. Yes, 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 yes. Monster Hunter, Monster Hunter. <laughs> oh, my God. I love the fact that the end of the movie is like, yeah, Lydia Tarr was at the top of her game. Now she's composing Monster Hunter World <laughs> music in Thailand. I was just uh, sitting there in theaters, just slack jawed, and I like kind of let out like a ha! That's all I can do. It's like it's incredible. It's so oh, good. But dude, it's considering how fuck video games we've been for <laughs> ne- for for what feels like a year now. Yeah, this yeah. felt so fucking good. <laughs> so oh great. my god! Every video game needs to be turned into a TV show to be like we're respectable too. God damn it! And just seeing this movie come out of nowhere, one of the movies that's getting all the nominations comes out and goes yeah but you fucking suck video games this is this is the bottom of the barrel time it's like oh oh you're just you're giving me life here you're giving me life yeah i I love how complicated this movie is though there's so much to it like it's examining cancel culture but it's not just about that and it doesn't feel like it would be a right-wing thing where it feels like you would be super annoying of like oh by the way covid is fake like i'm so happy that there's like an actual level-headed look at cancel culture instead of immediately someone politicizing it exactly no you get a good look at that and then you just get the look of this like woman who's like does she deserve this does she deserve like she's obviously a kind of a shitty human being you know and but but the the the, the actual like the clip that gets her canceled is bullshit like it's absolute bullshit i mean so it's it like, had yeah. to be that even though that clip is bullshit that and she pissed off enough people that a That's lot of them it. are like yeah it's not real but we're gonna use the stake her down no that's it she just had so many enemies that already didn't like her in the first place that that was the fuse that lit the fire and it was good enough to get to get her fucked basically but yeah you but she was sleazy she was terrible she was a bad person like she like just the fucking her her relationship with the fucking russian uh the russian girl that comes in later the the violinist um i mean she was so cheating right she was so cheating right 
Oh, of course. Of okay. course, well, she was tr- she was trying to, but I don't think the Russia okay. would give her the time of the day. That was what made it so funny. But she had cheated on her wife multiple times before. She had the th- uh, the three way relationship with the girl that killed herself and uh, and her That's uh, other ass- and okay, her other I'm assistant. Stupid. I did not catch that. Yeah, I mean, they don't say it, but I think it's pretty fucking clear that there was something there. And uh, she basically, it, it sounds like the one that killed herself got a little bit too attached. Okay. And, uh, wanted, and wanted more. Um, the way that then, I was interpreting it was more like, considering that they showed like the little blurb of like whenever she killed herself, I think she said like she was 25 or something like that. Right. The way right. I was reading it is that considering that she was so young and considering how much praise they were giving her and can then considering that ta- that Lydia was like burning her to every other orchestra, I kind of thought that what it was is like, oh, well, I mean, the movie kind of makes like such a big point about her being like the first woman to go across all these orchestras and being able to conduct them and blah, 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 blah. I And then they're like, oh, and took her under the wing. The way that I, I kind of interpreted her is that she's like, oh, hey, you're going to be so much better than me at some point. I need to ruin you. I can't let you ruin my legacy here. Like, that's the way I read into it. I don't know why. I think maybe it's just that I was living in denial the entire time about her actually being like every other great artist where it's like, yeah, I'm just going to fuck everyone. Yeah, it, it definitely could be a bit of that, too. Like, it probably could have turned to spite afterwards. And well, it definitely did turn to spite and her trying yeah. to just Lydia fucking over every opportunity she had. Um, but I think for me, it's pretty clear because, you know, she starts to do it again with the Russian girl, or at least tries to. Like, it's very clear yeah. she wants something more from there. She starts granting her favors, which she gets really mad at that one guy. I don't grant people favors. Well, no, you fucking do. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, she's obviously trying to get in her pants. Um, and then every, and then shit just starts completely going down. And it's just, which I love that whole bit because the Russian girl clearly could not be less interested and uh, is basically using that to her favor just to try to, you know, get a leg up on some of the other competition. Absolutely. Um, but yeah, no, th- this movie's tremendous shit. Like it's, I think it's sitting at fourth fourth place right now for 2023 which just shows you the ridiculous quality of movies in 2023 because this would probably easily second last year second or third i don't know i really like spencer too but uh this would definitely slot in at three so it's just a tremendous movie and uh boy good shit and getting cape shit i just i can't i cannot heap enough praise on that performance she was so good so every single time she's composing, she looks like there's a fucking demon in her, and I love it. And just every single time she's composing this music, like it, it'll just forever kill me that I won't get to listen to a Lydia Tarr concert. Just ugh. Oh yeah, even even with her being canceled, like I would go fucking see a Lydia Tarr concert. Oh. Even even if it was some shitty video game, man, I would go to that shit just to oh, hear no, her no. music. I mean that's the thing. No, I don't. I don't. I don't know if I'd go to a Monster Hunter, a Monster Hunter World one. Like, I don't know. like, like hand her the near soundtrack. Uh, yeah, I want to see how you interpret this shit. But like, I, I, I hate that I'm taking this joke way too seriously. I would want her to take older music that I don't know in the way she interprets it, instead of music that I would already know in how she interprets it. So, um, but yeah. Oh my God. Yes, she's an absolute fucking maniac there, and. Oh my god, actually no, talking about that scene that like they recorded and reclipped to make it seem like she was saying some heinous shit. Dude, that scene being basically one shot and the camera just following them, that was the moment where I was thinking this movie's like, oh, 
So that's what this movie's going to be. Most of this movie, nothing's going to happen. It's just going to be mostly dialogue scenes, but the acting performances and the delivery of it all and the way the camera just dances across this entire conversation, this movie's going to fuck hard. And it did. Oh my God, I'm so glad it did. This is pro- this is probably top four for me. It's hard for me though, because like I don't, like I know Top Gun Maverick is my number one. I, undoubtedly, there's, there's nothing that's touching that. But I don't know where to square how I feel about Avatar, everything, everywhere, all at once, and Tar. Like Tar, without a doubt, across all four of these movies is better than all four of these. It is. But I really like Top Gun Maverick. I don't know if I like everything everything all at once in avatar this is like i I can't square it but the good thing is is that i'm not in charge of making lists or sending nominations so i don't have to care about ever solving that problem but tar god damn it like it's hard to state how much i love that ending like it it is that's the thing now that i learned about how the ending of um boogie nights is supposed to mirror um raging bull this totally did that too, right? Like, this totally had Lydia Tar in front of a big mirror and psyching herself up, except this time we get to see how fucking depressing it is, <laughs> what she's doing. Actually, no, we see how depressing it is in the other movies. This one just holds a little extra beat before you see how depressing it is. I feel, so I agree. I, I agree. It's definitely, when you look at it from our perspective it's depressing i will say though especially compared to raging bull like raging bull it's pretty clear that he's cooked oh, at this it's point it's the most depressing right? one out of all three L- absolutely lydia lydia tar though is such a fucking monster that i don't doubt she fucking probably kills these stupid video game concerts and somehow gets back on top i don't know i took a little Could bit more positivity I, I take a little bit more positivity out of that ending just because yeah. she's so fucking determined and fierce. Yeah. I bet you she rocks that absolutely, absolutely fucking destroys that shit. And you can tell she's still putting her everything into it and she yeah. still gives a shit. I don't know, man. I, she probably ends up back on top somewhere. Like she's just fucking determined as hell. And uh, like for all her faults and don't be wrong, she's a shitty person. But she really fucking, you know, she, she's got a lot of willpower. Listen, man, if Mel Gibson can come back, then anyone can come back, okay? So, like, yeah, Lydia Tar, she will be fine. She will definitely come back. But the thing is, is that I love that ending so much that I don't even want to think about it being a happy ending. I just want to think, fuck video games, goddamn right. Cinema. Yeah, true. true. That, that's all we need to think about. Fuck video games. Um, yeah, fuck them. <laughs> uh, my score is cinema over video games every single fucking time i'm so sad i put pixels in the title of this podcast out of 10 uh nine out of ten and just one final note uh it's i am playing dead space tonight i'm very excited to play more dead space but i'm doing a double movie day tomorrow over more gaming because uh and cinema because i will always value cinema's contribution even if i'm not doing it every single day fuck video games by the way you remember how i told you that there was like uh like almost a zero chance that i'd watch tar uh to explain it to you i was gonna watch i'm so sorry poot i was gonna watch house of the flying daggers but it wasn't on the criterion channel anymore so i said well that was gonna be the next movie i watched guess we're going to tar since i saw it on peacock shout out to poot getting cucked at the end of the episode i'm so sorry poot like i poot 
I am considering uh, yo-hoing at this point just because I don't want to make you sad. That's it. I don't know. There's, is there anything else we need to say in the episode? That's it? Nope. That's it. Perfect. All right. End card. Hey, look at you. You got to the end of the episode. From episode zero to the day that I finally get lazy and cancel the show, a big thank you to Joey Rawlings for providing the perfect name for the show. Be sure to always give him thanks, either out loud as you're listening to this, or you can just send him a thank you tweet at boogeyman117 underscore. That's boogeyman117, I-E instead of Y, double O. Be sure that it's an underscore, not a dash, 117.